I play Sue Storm, and she uh, is the sister of Johnny Storm. Um, she's pretty shy, um, very smart, and very passionate about science, and she becomes the Invisible Woman. Very cool. Yeah. Episode 13. Uh Uh-oh, bad luck. (laughs) Bad luck straight off the bat. The uh, podcast that is making it up as we go along today. Uh, We're recording in the middle of a week and it's kind of odd. I'm David McVeigh and I'm joined in the studio by Dave Longo. How are you, Dave? (laughs) Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm good. We were supposed to be joined by Jamie Lawrence as well, but unfortunately Mm. sickness has taken him. So uh, he'll hopefully be back next week. Get better, Jamie. Get better. Get well soon, Jamie. Don't stretch yourself. Uh, You may... You may feel invisible right now. But can I just say that, that you're still a thing? That's, can I, that's fantastic. Can I, just, can I just say that you're open, like a bright human toy? <laughs> that opening clip that you played, fantastic. Yeah, great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. cool yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could, could they have been more underwhelmed by the whole thing? For those who don't know, later in on the show, we are going to be reviewing the new Fantastic Four or Fan Forstick, as we, yep. we yeah. like to call it, or for for Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. In fact, I could probably actually bring up, I'll bring it up on my phone and I'll plug it in later. We might even be able to play a sample of that because I've got uh, Apple, oh. Apple Music here. So we can... If you can just play some Philip Glass music, I'll do the... the... <laughs> <laughs> just any Philip Glass music. Yeah, just get any any Philip Glass. It doesn't really matter yeah, at this point. and I'll do the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me have a look here. Do I have, do I have, do I have... Um, do I have, do I have, do I have? It sounds like a song. Hey, yeah, I do. Okay, so what we'll do is when we when we get into the review, we might actually talk a little bit about the soundtrack mm-hmm. while we're at it. Um, okay, so Dave, how's yes. your week been? It's been fortastic. <laughs> well, it's really weird saying how's your week been because the, the last episode only came out three days ago. So. Yeah, so to them, it's been only a few days. But then again, this episode probably won't yeah. come out for a few more days, so it will be a week. I don't know. Time is time is Time's meaningless. Going. I've been huddled over a computer with a Wacom tablet. And just That's right. Drawing you're you're and drawing, drawing, aren't you? Drawing. Do you want to tell drawing. people about it? I'm working on a comic book that I'm Yay! going to release soon. Yay! <laughs> Dave's really lucky enough to read it. I have read it. It's good. Yeah. And you'll be able yeah. to get a copy of it at uh, Comic Conversations, we yes. hope. so. hopefully. And at the Behind the Panels live show at, um, I guess, the Oz Comic Con. Oz Comic Con. I don't know if the date is finalized yes, yet, but it's Sunday. looking the like the Sunday. Yeah, it's the Sunday. Yeah, um, I'll, I'm hoping to be giving out free copies then. And then you'll be hopefully at a table because we're, we're also doing a live show at Comic Conversations as well. Yes, so. yeah. Uh, at Comic but, Conversation, I'll have a table. Which but will I be think at we're the doing a live show on, at a different at a, on a different day, so yes. uh, it's it's confusing. I'm not quite yeah. sure how we're doing all that. But panel still lives. There's still a pulse. There's still a pulse. <laughs> that's still there. I'll give the elevator pitch for the comic. Okay, it's called Inadequate Gods, and it's basically just about a A-list Hollywood actor who dies, goes to heaven, and has to team up with a drunk Jesus who's forgotten all his powers and abilities because, after all, it's been 3,000 years since yeah. he's even had to think about it. So no, That's fair enough. Do you remember what you had for breakfast yesterday, Dave? No. Let alone what you had for breakfast 2,000 years ago. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I had breakfast this morning. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, I'm old. Yes. Now, for those, everybody's podcast is their first podcast, so for those mm-hmm. who have never listened to this show before, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you've never listened to this show before, this is the podcast about everything and nothing, mm-hmm. and it's all filtered through the perspective of a geek, and really it's film actually by any other name, <laughs> or it has been for the last yeah. few it's weeks. It's the third attempt at a 
reboot? Yeah. Uh, and, and like so, a certain movie? And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so Dave and I have basically come to the conclusion that the only way we can really get through this yeah. is to just... Enjoy it yeah. and take it as it is. Just keep doing it so we retain the rights. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, there are just so many jokes flying about this movie, aren't there? We will get to the full review on yeah. that later. And it may not it may surprise you mm. some of our opinions on this yeah. film. So uh, we will talk about a little bit about that later. But as is usual on this show, what we should talk a little bit about is any news that's around yeah. uh, in the geek world. And there is actually, I've got, uh, uh, I was looking through Geek Tyrant this morning, and I did find out that Matt Ryan, who played Constantine in the NBC series Constantine, Mm -hmm. which was unceremoniously axed at the end of its 14th episode or whatever it was, um, apparently Stephen Amell is a big fan of that show, and Mm -hmm. it is still under the umbrella of Warner Brothers Television, and so Stephen Amell has managed to get him to come into Arrow next season for one episode called Haunted. Yay. And so Constantine will be making an appearance in Arrow. And you know what? The irony of all this wouldn't be would be that if it was a really popular episode and then they spun him off into his own series called Constantine. <laughs> called Hell, Hellblazer. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. No, <laughs> maybe it'll become so popular they do Green Arrow and Constantine. Oh, now yeah. we're talking, now we're talking. The other thing I thought I'd bring up very quickly is for those Power Rangers fans out there, oh, go, yes. go Power yeah. Rangers. Every I, listener ever. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. big Power Rangers fan. I, I was a huge one. But you might be interested to know that the new Power Rangers reboot is coming. Yeah. Um, and for fans, it was a big, big moment because they're actually rebooting original Power Rangers. They're not trying yeah. to rebuild it or redo anything. So the characters are Jason, Kimberly, Trini, Billy. They're actually bringing back all the original mm. characters. Not the same actors, I'm sure, because yeah. they're all in wheelchairs. By yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but they're bringing back all the original characters mm. and trying to be faithful to the original Power Rangers, mm. which means bad special effects and cutscenes from Japanese yes. shows. Isn't, yeah. it, isn't that what it is? Yeah, it? pretty much, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, the... I used to watch Power Rangers all the time, and now my only memory of it is that I used to have a VHS tape that I'd written on Green with Evil Parts, and that's what I used to think it was called for years and years of my life. Green with Evil Parts. <laughs> and, then, and then later I looked it up, and it was actually Green with Evil Part one. Oh! <laughs> um, I, although I, I do have to say, if they are going to reboot Power Rangers, they may have to talk about, to Brian Singer about getting Ivan Ooze back. So, oh, yeah. Because he's busy making another Oscar movie Isaac there. for the win. <laughs> uh, no, but to be fair, that's just a sad photo. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, look, I'm still not convinced. Uh, for those who are big Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. Fuck and- that. They should get Oscar Isaac to play all the Power Rangers. All of them. All of them. Even the yeah. girl. He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we just point out that if, for those who are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, there is now a Risk version <laughs> of the board game. I'm, I'm thinking about buying it because yeah. I quite like Risk, although it takes about 12 years you to play. Just set it up. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years to set it up. And and uh, for those who are fans of Arrow, you might be interested to note that Stephen Amell is set to wrestle uh, Stardust at the WWE, which is the most ridiculous thing. Stephen Amell is like hustling, like isn't he? He's like, <laughs> I'm not a big wrestling he's, he's fan. Like, I got to tweet at least 500 times a day. At God least. bless him for doing and the, it. Yeah, no, the, and I, but, you know, somebody actually said to me, I said, God bless him for doing that, and they said, I didn't know you were religious. <laughs> I'm not. It's okay. I'm not. Uh, it's just a phrase, you know. It's just a phrase. But the biggest piece of news, by far, hands down, biggest piece of news this week has been that Steven Spielberg, yes, is trying to coax Gene Wilder out of retirement mm-hmm. for 
ready, set, go. Ready, play. Wow. Ready, play. Wow, whatever. <laughs> you that was like I always make this point. Anyway, so, yeah, I haven't read the book, yeah. but It's you an have. awesome book, yeah. And I am excited about the film, and but I'm more excited about the idea of Gene Wilder coming out of retirement. Yeah. Well, the, char- the, the, the it's not confirmed whether he's coming back for the character. No, he's, and, he's, he's trying to get him. Well, no, but there's also reports that it's potentially for a voice role in the BFG. Oh, really? Which is what Spielberg's making at the moment, the a, a live-action animated... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's motion capture. I don't know what it is exactly. But um, it's potentially for a voice role in that. But it would make a lot more sense because of Ready Player One. There's a Willy Wonka-type character in there named James Halliday. Right. And it's essentially Willy Wonka done again. So, like, it would make a lot of sense. And he's returning to Raoul Dahl as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll see. Like, we'll see. Um, you know, I think it's cool. A lot of people on the internet were like shitting on shitting on it so hard, um, like hoping Spielberg would drop the project entirely because of this unwarranted rage against the book. And the book is just like a family fun entertainment young adult novel. It's like you don't need to get up in arms about about this thing. Like, what is it with us geeks that we get so passionate about It's like about crazy. Stuff? It's like, crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting piece of news for you this week as well, is that Mark Millar's book Nemesis, which I actually quite liked, mm-hmm. was in development for a very long time to be made into a film directed by Tony Scott. Yeah. Now, Tony Scott, of course, committed suicide mm-hmm. a few couple of years ago, um, and we haven't heard anything since. Interestingly enough, apparently it's back in development again at Warner Brothers. So right. we may actually see Mark Millar's Nemesis turned into a film yet. So yeah, awesome. interesting, interesting, interesting. We also had a couple of trailers um, mm-hmm. drop this week. Uh, I think we should really start with Deadpool because we're about a week late on this yeah. one. This dropped about a week ago, but of course it dropped just after we recorded the last show. And mm-hmm. so we're about a week behind. We're, we're a wee bit behind. We're a wee bit behind, but... We've got the red band trailer here. This gonna... one I watched because, you know. It's Deadpool. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you can't spoil Deadpool for me. Like, no. And it's in a, fact, it... like, I was worried about Deadpool and watching this has sort of, like, made me super well, excited. Let's <laughs> have looks a look, awesome. Let's have a little listen to Deadpool. Not to bury the lead, but, you know, Deadpool. I love you, Wade Wilson. We can fight this. You're right. Cancer's only my liver, lungs, prostate, and brain. All things I can live without. What if I told you we can make you better? You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. You just promise you'll do right by me so I can do right by someone else. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. <laughs> One thing that never survives this place is a sense of humor. Uh, we'll see about that, Posh. <laughs> oh, come on. You gonna leave me all alone here with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? Hey, yeah, I wanna shoot, baby. wondering why the red suit well that's so bad guys can't see me bleed this guy's got the right idea he wore the brown pants daddy needs to express some rage (laughs) 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 
It reeks like old lady pants in here. Sounds like you have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, you are hard to look at. Like a testicle with teeth. Looks like Freddy Krueger face fucked a topographical map of Utah. Exactly. Damn. I'm touching myself tonight. You are haunting. You look like an avocado had sex with an older avocado. Thank you. Talk about say, absolutely <laughs> nailing it. First up, that's how you fucking trailer a movie. That's how you do it. That's that's the rubric. You know, like it's, show us heaps of stuff, but don't tell us anything. No, you know, and just show us absolute cool shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like I reckon that's gonna be amazing. Like, look, and, and with with uh, Fox's track record right at this very yeah. moment, uh, with uh, X Men aside, yeah. um, and even some of those are questionable. Yeah. Uh, this is like a breath of fresh air. Yes. This is like, yeah. oh my God, could you have nailed But can I say the one thing that gets me about this trailer more than anything else is the fact that they've given his eyes expression <laughs> so the little white eyes actually yeah, yeah. squints mm-hmm. up. If they could do that for Spider-Man, yeah. we'd uh, be in business. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Because in the comic books, yeah. his eyes are expressive yeah. and they've never done it in the movies. Knowing Marvel, they oh, will be Oh, man, doing I, am so, I hope Marvel's yeah. watched that and go, yeah. oh, yeah, it works. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how you do it. This has got me. I don't know. I was so pumped. I watched the um the panel at the Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about the director. I think his name's Tim Miller. I think or it's his first comic. film. It's his first film. He's like a. I think he's a special effects guy. He does animated title sequences or something. Right, right. But seeing him on that panel, and they were telling stories about how he would openly cry on set because they were getting like the best shit filmed, and he was just so overwhelmed and so happy that his dream project was looking that good that he would constantly break up into tears and like that's like that's like the most passionate director that you could possibly have for a movie like this absolutely and he, it like it made me so confident he's and then so seeing in love that yeah yeah it's like when you're that in love with it it's like it's got to be something special and they're also you know? completely taking the piss out of themselves yeah. now i'm gonna play and we're some- gonna have a hero that's gonna get shot to shit Throughout yeah. that movie and still and go. Swear you know, about yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to play something else quickly as well because Fox did something really clever as well, which is they also released the night before that trailer came out. They released what was called the trailer trailer. And oh, I didn't hear about this. Didn't you see the trailer no, trailer? The yeah. trailer trailer is actually brilliant. And listen to how much they are having a go at themselves. So here's the trailer trailer. Very short. Okay. In a world divided by fear. One man must stand alone against the forces of darkness. From the studio that inexplicably sewed his fucking mouth shut the first time, comes five-time Academy Award viewer Ryan Reynolds as a man on an e-harmony date with destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Me, Deadpool. So, get ready to blow out your collective sphincters, because my trailer is coming. <laughs> that love, was brilliant. I love the fact he puts a pipe in his mouth and just falls out because he got the mouth hole. 
can't get rid five of time Academy Award winner. No, right, five right. Academy Award Academy Award viewer. Oh, oh, viewer. Yeah, oh. five time uh, Academy Award viewer. I thought they were just right saying right. winner. Like, <laughs> five time Academy Award viewer in the studio. <laughs> inexplicably shut his mouth it's, shut. It's so <laughs> so his so fucking true. mouth <laughs> shut. Awesome. It comes me Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool. Um, I am really eagerly awaiting this film without doubt, and we have to wait till next year now. Apparently, there was a news article that said, originally, going back a while, mm. there was an article saying that there may actually be room for crossover between Deadpool and the X-Men universe. However, mm. that's now been countered because uh, Ryan Reynolds actually said, excuse me, he said, um, well, you've got a character who is completely aware that he's in a movie. Yeah. And often refers to the other characters by their real names. Yeah. So in the film, he'll actually refer to the actors. <laughs> As T.J. Miller. Yeah, he, he said, that wouldn't work within the X-Men yeah. world. <laughs> How do they do that even though, like, logically? Isn't the X-Men now sort of set in the, oh, in well, the 80s? Well, no, remember, they're set in the 80s, but also remember the original X-Men was set sometime in the future. Because at the very beginning of X-Men 1, it says... In the oh, future, right. so they've never been able to pen peg down where yeah. the because I'm guessing like they could set Deadpool in the eighties. I mean, why not? Uh, not but this to. doesn't look like the eighties. No. Although, if you and it's not sharing any continuity with X Men no. Origins Wolverine, nor should it though. No, it shouldn't. But remember, they that was well, actually like, that was I would, the 70s. I would love them to shoehorn them in together and really like weird inorganic ways because <laughs> <laughs> that's more comic booky than anything else like, I wish the Marvel movies would do more of it or it's like you know how the f- spoilers for Ant-Man if you haven't seen it but uh, let's not spoil it but like a certain character appears in Ant-Man if yeah, you haven't yeah. seen it like more stuff like that where it's just there it's like it doesn't really need to be there but no, hey let's just smash Mar- it in the Marvel Universe yeah. does that because they can because yeah. they've, they've established that their entire universe is one universe yeah. you know? like they should have had Iron Man just walk <clears> past in one scene, like just walking the dog. Well, I always felt that there yeah. was a missing sequence in some, I mean, in um, things like Captain America and stuff like that, or the Winter Soldier. Mm. They're in New York, and they don't need Robert Downey Jr. Why don't they just have Iron Man fly by yeah. or something like that? I mean, there's no reason why you can't have little, like those little Easter eggs. Mm. It's like when we saw Daredevil on Netflix, the one thing that was missing in that that show, and I really like that show, don't get mm. me wrong, but the one thing that was missing was there's actually a shot where they're on the side of the river and you can see the city in the background. Yeah. Stark Tower should have yeah, been, been there. Yeah. You know? We should have seen, it's just as a cameo, we could have oh, had Stark well. Tower in the background just to help tie things yeah, together. just to make it really... <laughs> the other like, piece of yeah, news that I thought was very beat, interesting, you know? the other piece of news I thought was very interesting this week was... Um, Tom Holland, is that his name? Spider-Man? Oh, yep. Yep. Uh, basically, Tom Holland got announced, and then shortly after that, they said that the Tom Holland stuff was finished in Civil War. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, oh, so it's going to be a, a glorified cameo because he was literally shot shot for a week or something like mm. that. The Russo brothers have now come out and said, oh, no, 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 we've been shooting Spider-Man stuff for weeks. Yeah, Apparently, right. he said, because you've got to remember, every time he's got the mask on, yeah, they don't need Tom Holland. And he'll just come back yeah. and revoice it. Yeah. So apparently, they've shot a lot of Spider-Man stuff. It's just for the mask off stuff they've got yeah, Tom Holland. Right. So Yeah, cuz I do recall hearing something where it was like it's not a cameo. No, no, it's apparently like, and he's yeah. in some serious action scenes yeah. too. Um, there was actually a uh, Russo brothers also said that his fighting style is really cool cuz it's really clumsy. Sure. Cuz it's like yeah. he's a kid, you know, so it's all kind of clumsy and sloppy but yeah, he's Spider-Man. Shit, that's you know? exciting. Yeah. So uh, the only thing that's that's concerning me a little bit and I'm not going to let it concern me too much cuz Marvel has done pretty well mm. is that there's been leaked images of what his suit might look like. <sighs> Oh, really? And uh, it's all very handmade and thrown together. And like he's got bare feet. 
um, and oh, bare really? hands and stuff like that. But we don't know if this is real or not. That's the thing. It's uh, it's all very mishmash. I'll see if I can find these while we're playing the next clip. Because yeah. the other thing that happened I've this week this. Yeah. was, of course, that Zoolander 2 got its <laughs> yes. first teaser. Yeah. And Zoolander 2's teaser... You watch because it shows nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, I was told that I was safe for safe. this one. Because <laughs> no, normally when it comes to comedies, I avoid it like the plague. Well, yeah, because like, they give away all the punchlines. I've heard Pixels is like the shittest movie ever made, but I still have not seen a lick of footage. Oh, and good for you because I've know. seen it so many times now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that trailer so many times. <laughs> when we went to I see, no when we went, when we went to see Fantastic Four. It was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like t- uh, how many people? Ten people all together? <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, like they were like, "Why aren't you coming into the movie?" <laughs> but, like, I'm avoiding in. the trailers, and then they were like, "I want to see the trailer." <laughs> you, you walked in, saw yeah. the pixel, and just turned around, <laughs> yeah, walked right. away. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I'll show you after the show. Um, okay, I'll put up a link. They, yeah, they've released some hmm. concept art, basically, yeah. and yeah. there is actually talk that he may have several costumes because it may be his progression. You know, sure, that would be cool like, to a yeah. real Spider-Man. But the the concept art that they're showing at the moment, if it's real, mm. and the reason why I doubt it a little bit is because you know how um, Marvel concept art is always really slick. We've had yeah. many of those concept arts drop before films. This is really hand sketched and hand drawn and stuff, so it doesn't quite look like a Marvel. Oh, it was a sketch. Yeah, it was a sketch, and then there was like a reproduction of it. Um, ah, okay, right. And I'll show it to you afterwards, and I'll put yeah. the link in the show notes so you okay. can have a look at that as well. Yeah. We don't know if it's real. Yeah. At this point. Um, there was also a leaked picture of him climbing a wall. It was a photograph of him actually climbing the wall, like a, like a screen grab. Oh, right. But that's already been proven as false. Okay, sure. So we already yeah. know that one's not real. Um, anyway, let's I mean, ha- I'm sure it's going to look like Spider-Man. <laughs> like, uh, like that's- well, it's, they fought too hard to get him back yeah. not to just do Spider-Man. Yeah. All right, so let's have a look at Zoolander 2. Now, uh, for those who have listened to the show for a long time know that I'm not a huge Zoolander fan. I am, though. You are. Yeah. And um, I am going to go back and re-watch Zoolander because this is coming up. This teaser, actually made me giggle though so have a look at we this. should say like totally if you're a trailer avoider like i am this is not a trailer no this is something it's, shot, it's for, shot for a teaser for yeah. a teaser this is this will not be in the film yeah you know uh so here we go in the beginning there was nothing an infinite void then in an instant everything known to man came into being the Big Bang, the birth of time itself, chaos and beauty, a beauty that created infinite galaxies, galaxies that would one day create the unimaginable, life, but even more incredible, the human brain, the pinnacle of billions of years of evolution. A brain that possesses the power of reason and the ability to ponder life's most ancient riddles. Why are we here? Is there intelligent life beyond our galaxy? Or the one question that has puzzled mankind since the beginning of time? If God exists, then why did he make ugly people? 200 Lander? <laughs> no, Derek. 2 Lander. It's like a pun. But I don't spell my name with a 2. Fine. How about... Zoolander II? No, Zoolander 2, but with Roman numerals. <laughs> but I'm not Italian. <laughs> Jesus. 
You are so freaking stupid. It's insane. You are fr- so freaking stupid. It's insane. I'm so excited for this. I've been excited for this for like since the rumors. <laughs> since yeah. the since rumor. it was rumored to be called Son of Zoolander. Like, oh right, like okay. ten years ago. Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> Zoolander. Yeah, <two> <laughs> but I don't spell my name that what way. What is that? A school for ants. <laughs> they actually did it in Ant Man. That little school of ants. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I think they're even, even the same school model. All right. The files are in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our news as Yay. as what it was. <laughs> so oh, I, no, we forgot one more important bit oh, of news. Oh, yeah, what was that? 127 days, 9 hours, 51 minutes. As of time of recording. Star Wars. <laughs> to, to what, sir? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, here's what we've been watching this week. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. My, 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 my TV makes me so bored, makes me say, oh my lord, what is this garbage here? Wanna cover my eyes? Well, it hasn't actually made me that bored this week because no. I've, I've actually yeah. been quite busy because um, Nicholas and I have been, you know, watching movies and, and catching up mm-hmm. on stuff that he wants to catch up on because he's now 16 and really appreciating yeah. You films. should let those new listeners know. Yeah, so basically, my for those who haven't listened to this, I don't want to bore those who have listened to it. My son is an aspiring filmmaker, has been since he was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes Lego animations. You can find him on his own YouTube channel and so forth. But we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh Recently, he's. It's like you know when you're growing up, the synapses close and fire, mm-hmm. and you know you, you, you the lobe the lobe closes over basically. Yeah. And he hit this point uh, about a year ago where he kind of started to want to watch stuff that wasn't just fantasy or science fiction or color and light and movement. He suddenly was going movies. Mm-hmm. There's depth. There's story. There's character. You know. And so he's. We're on this voyage together where I'm. Uh, introducing him to a whole bunch of my favorite films and stuff that I think he should see and, and classics and you know stuff like that. So it's been really fun because not only do I get to watch all these movies again, yeah. but I get to experience them with him. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this week, uh, last week we were doing the Bourne films, if you remember. This week he's decided that uh, he just read Kevin Smith's book. Yes. And he lo- awesome. It's a great read. book. Yeah, and yeah. he loved the book. And he's now decided he wants to watch all of Kevin Smith's films. And so he's aware of Kevin Smith. He's listened to his podcast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But he's never really – he's seen bits of the films. But he was much younger and didn't really get them. So we started at the beginning. And this week we watched Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, and Dogma. And tonight we're watching Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. Strike Back. Um, he's actually thinking he's going to skip over Jersey Girl and go straight to Clerks 2 mm-hmm. and then go back to Jersey Girl. He wants to finish the VSQ. Right. And then he'll go and fill in all the holes. He watched Cop Out um, a, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what started this whole ball yeah. rolling was he watched Cop Out and thought, oh, I should watch more. And he saw Tusk, which yes. he still stands as, he says, the most disturbing film he's yeah. ever seen. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Smith would probably love to hear that. Yeah, he said it was one of the most disturbing films he's ever seen. And he's seen about half of Red State. He's seen the first half of Red State. Um, he's really enamored with that monologue and all mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But he kind of got he drifted away when it got to the action stuff, sure. so, which okay. is interesting. But yeah, that is interesting. he'll probably yeah. go back and watch the whole thing now. But yeah. Um, so rewatching the View Askew films has been actually a lot of fun. And God, rewatching Clerks again after all these years yeah. was like going home. You yeah. Know? Well, I return to Kevin Smith like at least twice a year. 
Right. Okay. Like, I, I'm I'm one, I'm a massive massive Kevin Smith fan. Oh, me like, too. I mean, huge. Yeah. Like I listen to like four or five hours of all Smodcast shows weekly. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just like Kevin Smith is in a part defined who I am. Mm. Like she, like I like it's funny because I was watching Kevin Smith stuff younger than Nicholas. Mm. You know, it's like Kevin Smith's a huge. Well, I saw huge Clerks thing. at the cinema when it came out, and I was well, yeah. And I, I got, actually, I got, I've seen Clerks on the big screen twice now. Once was used to work in a cinema. We went in after hours and yeah. watched it. Um, that's can't really go into that. But the other time was at the Cromwell and Orpheum they played. Right, right. You know, Clerks on the big screen is like it's, it's religious. Yeah, it's like it's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's it's like, really interesting because you never thing, think you get to see it on the big screen. What's really fun about this journey with Nicholas is that not only do we watch the film, but then afterwards we always have a discussion about it. We always talk about what mm. that film meant, or was there anything really interesting about that film? And usually he starts and he asks questions and what have you, and. It was really interesting because Nicholas, uh, he's grown up in an industry, he's grown up in an era where there's a stigma attached to indie film. Yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, it's just another indie film. It's just Because yeah. indie films today are... They're synonymous with art house wank. Art house now, wank. And they're, basic, and they're basically... Not they, that all of them are. There's, no. there's obviously like... No, of course. And there's, a there's great definitely breadth of film. Like, I'm not... I don't want letters and shit. No, 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 like, no, no, no. And, and look, hey, there's, hey, Arthur, there's a great place for independent film and independent cinema. But today, independent cinema just means it wasn't made by one of the big studios. Yeah. Or it was a big studio that has a subsidiary wing. Yes. Like, yeah. like, well, I mean, how many independent films get released here where it's like independent, budget of $10 million, Exactly. $8 million. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's new independent feature. Like fuck off, yeah. Whereas, whereas you, know, you look whereas back, Clerks was like twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, and you go back and in the end credits of Clerks, he actually thanks people like Steven Soderbergh and so forth for blazing the way. It actually says mm. because we were at an era. YouTube is where all the independent stuff is now, pretty much. And we were at that. We were in an era back then when people like Robert Rodriguez would sell his body to scientific experiments yeah. to fund seven thousand dollars to make El Mariachi. We're talking about an era where independent cinema was something unique mm-hmm. and something very special at that time and that era is well, pretty yeah, much you you literally had to bleed for it back yeah then. pretty much and then you were and then everything was about yeah. whether or not you could take it to sundance and get it sold yeah to pay back your credit cards your debts yeah. your this your that and the next thing and for kevin smith it paid off he's he got the deal with miramax and it's interesting because you look at dogma which we watched last night and dogma looks like a humongous budget film yeah and it was still relatively low budget but it was a miramax production mm. by that stage it wasn't the it wasn't Chasing Amy or Clerks. Yeah. And when you look at Clerks and Chasing Amy, as opposed to Mallrats and Dogma, there's a very big difference because both of those two films were both studio films. Yeah. Uh, Miramax called themselves the independent darlings, but let's face it, they were another studio mm. by that stage. Um, but yeah, it's been a really, really fun going back and actually watching these because I was trying to explain to them that this is what independent cinema really was. Yeah. This was what it meant. Where it gave you the feeling that you could go out and do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Was, at that era, when, when we saw important. that, I mean, it was within that few year period, there was that and Sex, Lies and Videotape. Mm. And, you know, it's like, and, and um, uh, uh, El Mariachi. And, you know, it's like, these are films that were at the time where you go, how did these even get made? Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. You know, it's like, you go, how did these films even get made? You know? It's and like, I guess now it's like they do get made all the time. They're just harder to find now. Yeah. Because they do get put into a huge, because everybody can now. That's and there's also, there's also a huge you know. market now where people will produce lots of low-budget stuff and just release it straight to DVD. Yeah, exactly, or video on demand, because yeah. like, it's more lucrative to do that now. Yeah. But back then in the 90s, it was really the only way. Mm. You know, um, also, I heard Kevin Smith talking. You would have heard this is on the, mm-hmm. one of the Babylons where you're saying that Clerks and Mallrats were the most stolen video. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Most stolen videos yeah. at video libraries. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking actually of like a thing from the Tough Shit book where it's like I sold out when I when I sold Clerks. Yeah, yeah pretty it's much. Like, sure. Yeah, it's like they made movies for, to be calling cards, mm. you know, to get in in the door and then. But I'm so glad he did sell out because Dogma was worth the wait. Yeah, I I, I love all of Kevin Smith's films. And like I kind of like the Kevin Smith experience, I guess, to be sort of wanky about it. Yeah. Like, you know, like you get the build up with the podcast and, you know, you hear about the behind the scenes of it. Because he's there aren't many filmmakers out there that are kind of that open. That open about yeah. the process of it that really make you feel like One you're learning. One of my favorite you, podcasts you know? actually a couple of years ago and it's finished now of course but it was Red State of the Nation. Yes. Red State yeah. of the Nation was a fantastic podcast yeah. where it was all about just Fuck, the man, there's creation a, there's of a Red line State. in um in Fantastic Four the new one where it's like um there's no point holding knowledge or something like that. Like I can't remember exactly what it is but the sentiment is you know if you have knowledge there's no point keeping it to yourself. You mm. should you should share that knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's kind of the thing is like what these independent films do is they share it all. Yeah. You know, it's like you'd love to know how it was made so you could feel that you could make it. You know? so, so on that note, if you're going to go out and go and watch these films, because part of the what we've been watching section is to introduce you to new mm. stuff. Uh, if you are going to go out and watch these films, scale, rate it on a scale. I actually say watch them all because there are throwbacks all the way through it to previous films. And yeah. you don't need to watch them. But if you watch them all, you get, the in-references yes, all yeah. the way through it. Well, I mean, like, Jane Silent Bob is, like, I wouldn't say unwatchable because I love Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, look, I, I, actually, I actually have... I can s- quote half that It's movie. been quite a long time since I've seen Jane Silent Bob. But Jane Silent Bob is every second line is an in-joke. Of course. And uh, that's what makes it so funny. The, and cast, because, the casting yeah, the itself everything. is an in-joke. And it's it's because it's it's made specifically for the fans of the universe. It's now like, I'd like to just say one thing. This is really an inside. This is an inside baseball joke. Dave will get it. Hmm. For those who have been listening to panels and all of our shows, you might have caught references of this. But um, I'll just kind of summarize it. It's kind of inside. This is really for those who have been following along. But if you remember going back a few months ago, uh, saying some of the guys at work found out that I was on an old episode of Neighbours and they took, uh, they found a still from me from back then, which was a very young me. It was 20 something years ago. And they, they started coining the phrase baby Baby Dave Dave. and they made (laughs) stickers for, and everybody's this whole baby Dave craze. Well, that's the backstory. Now here's the, here's, here's (laughs) catching us up to today. Watching Chasing Amy the other day, my wife goes, look at that and points at the screen. And I immediately paused and took a photo. Banky Edwards, creator of, Baby Dave. <laughs> <laughs> His comic is called Baby Dave. <laughs> and I showed that to everybody at work and they all got a kick oh, out of that. That's so. Hilarious. Yeah. so there you go. Um, all right. So there's that. And what have you been watching this week? Uh, I guess like I want to talk about the True Detective season. Oh yeah, 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 because I've been like the only person on the planet it seems that really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody is shit on True Detective season two. Like you wouldn't believe, like to the point where they're like calling out the creator and writer of it as as like being an egotistical maniac who like uh, let the the positive reaction of season one get to his head. But I think true to I don't know I don't find it bad. I can see why people are complaining, but I think it's the same kind of people that would watch like Twin Peaks and go, "This is too weird for me." Like, right. and then say the weirdness is bad. And the other thing as well is like someone who like maybe flicking through the channels and catches like a Dashiell Hammett kind of thing, and it's like they talk really funny and weird, <laughs> you know. Where it's like this is like what they've done with season two is made this like hard pulp, like whacked out of its mind. It's like a, a mash of like. 
David Lynch with like Dashiell Hammett like smashed together in this weird like absolute. You can't even pin it. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's and so I really love it because there's nothing else like it. There hasn't been anything like it on TV, and that's why I'm going to praise it. And I absolutely love it. Cool. So I just want to be really brief and just say if you haven't watched True Detective season two, like get on it. It's like it's so convoluted and like um, all over the shop. It's got amazing performances, but if you love something that's ultra weird, ultra weird, you you will have a, a field day. Cool, cool. I'm gonna ask you a question too. Speaking of watching stuff, because I was actually unaware that it had come back. Mm-hmm. It hasn't come back here yet. Yeah. Um, have you been watching Strain season two? No. Yeah. I only just. This is a funny thing you mentioned. It's up this, to episode six. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine actually said to me, "It's like, uh, oh, have you watched the Strain season two? I was like, that's out? I didn't even know it was out. Yeah, I had no idea. It yeah, just um, snuck out. Yeah, so I'm trying to get a hold of it, and I can't. I don't know where to get a hold of it beyond getting Illegal it illegally, means, yeah. which I don't want to do. But like, It is going to show – apparently it is going to show on Foxtel because I've been seeing ads for it. Yeah. But it's – I mean, we're already up to episode six in the States. Yeah. What the hell's going on Yeah, here? I don't know. I, I've got – I've got um, I'm trying to get Louis season four and Veep season four because right. I haven't watched any of that yet, and I'm dying to watch those. So maybe if I can get those, then I'll just wait until the strain's out. Right uh, on DVD. Or if something. it's if I can pinpoint if I can pin it down on Voxtel, I'll record them. Oh, awesome! Okay, yeah. we can maybe watch them together or something like that. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I'm just I'm still watching Voyager. So, well, that, yeah. funny you should say that because we're going to come to our Star Trek section. We're going to kick through this now. For those who have been keeping score. We are now up to season one of Deep Space Nine. Yes. And we're up to the eighth movie, which is First Contact. Mm -hmm. So with going into season one of Deep Space Nine, we have a new theme. Mm -hmm. So here's our Dave's Voyage into Star Trek theme for the next seven episodes. Sent that through a couple of weeks ago, and I've been oh, sitting on that man. waiting for you. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jamie. That's Jamie Lawrence Deep from Good Games Host Phil, our sponsor, nine. who's just loves DS9, to, loves to give us his vocal rendering. <laughs> wow, DS9. You know he's gonna. Oh, Voyager's got to be coming. No. <laughs> Is he going to sing Enterprise? Oh, Jamie, there's your challenge. <laughs> yeah, get on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It can't be any worse. <laughs> I'm doing it at a rate of two two weeks per season. 
So I'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle of season two of Voyager. He's got so a way to go yet. You've got that amount of time, Jamie. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there's a lyric sheet out there for you somewhere. <laughs> All right, so yeah, D Space Nine. How do I say? But it's Everest of Star Trek. <laughs> it's like I'm finishing that. I've climbed the top. Now I just have to get down Inter- again. Interestingly <laughs> enough, not everybody's favorite series. Yeah, I can't understand why. And I think it uh, for me personally, I love Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Oh, it changed my life, Dave. Deep Space Nine. <laughs> seriously, it's that good a show. It's like it's. It's one of the best shows I've seen. Like, and I know I'm prone to being hyperbolic. No. Yeah. <laughs> really? 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 Never noticed that before. But I know it's always the joke. Everything's the best. Everything's like, you know, the worst. But um, I don't know. There's something about D Space Nine where, from episode one on, it's just it's a solid. They opener. they exist. They're real to me. Like they're real to me in a way that a lot of other shows aren't. It's like. And it showed Wolf 359, goddammit. <laughs> I try to be trying to explain it in a way, and the only way I can think about it is like uh, sitcoms. It's mm. like like it's like Seinfeld or like um like Cheers. Like those are two of my favorites. And it's like every week you just get to hang out with your friends, mm. like in mm. an odd way. And like that's what D Space Nine has been. Like never really cared too much about the the overarching stories, but D Space Nine had amazing overarching stories. Yes, but. For the most part, it was a very character-based... It was about knowing what your friends were going to do. Yeah, yeah and it, absolutely. it was about what happened in their lives. And like, so a lot of my friends are like, oh, t- tell me what a good episode is and sh- try and sell me it. Do like, it. You know, sell me. You know? <laughs> and, and you're like, I can't really sell you on an episode because it's just, it's like you'll love these characters and every week you'll you'll get to know them more and you'll find out about their personal life. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really interested in like, furthering the mission or like it, it gets into that stuff but never overshadows oh, it gets into some amazingly big stories but yeah season one was very much a bottle show season, mm. season one was very much episodic mm. there was but it's a- not even bottle it's like the character arcs are form form the arcs yeah yeah it's like the relationships and where they go it's it's never really like the only know, real arc that runs all the way it's through the war. The- well no in the season one it would have to be Cisco's journey to being the emissary. Yeah. Uh, it's really about whether he's going to accept that yeah. role or not. And and there's there's uh, and there's all the history that is about Bajor, which of course is a very thinly veiled uh, Nazi occupation. Yeah. And well, you can summarize yeah. it pretty quickly. I've I've gotten used to explaining Deep Space Nine because a lot of people are like, what's the what's the difference with that and all the other tr-, you know the non Trek people that are like, oh, what's the difference? You know, what's just, the deal with Deep Space Nine? It's just what is the deal with a shapeshifter? <laughs> you know, but the way you explain it is like there's a there's a space station near a wormhole that leads into uncharted space. And there's two planets near the, st- the station, Cardassia and Bajor. Bajor's a very religious planet. And then um, Cardassia is a very, like, war-dominated planet. And the, there's a conflict between those two who has ownership of the portal. Yeah. And that, that's basically it. Like, the, like, in a nutshell, it gets a lot more complicated. But you get introduced to a bunch of people on board this space station who live on this station and have lives on this station. Mm. And so, and unlike mo- a starship, it, it actually has shopping, and it's got a bar. Yeah, it's got a, it's it's got everything. It's got hollow decks. Like, and the promenade you know. is a genius, yeah. um, a genius uh, set piece. Yeah, at times it really does feel like a sitcom or like The West Wing. Like, um, let's like, walk and uh, talk. Yeah, like really, like yeah. you know, it feels like they're just hanging out. Like some episodes will just be, you know, here's the doctor and here's the engineer just having fun. 
Mm. You know, or like fighting over a girl or, you know, stuff like that. And that being said, there are some absolute standout mm. episodes. I mean, the pilot oh, episode yeah. was at the time, I think, one of the most expensive. But we're only talking about made. season one now. Just season hey. one. Yeah. So we're yeah. just going to drop but down just to season the, one. That's the overarching how I feel, not to bury the lead, but no. how I feel about Deep Space Nine is it is it is not just the best Star Trek so far that I've watched. It's it's just it's it's in my top ten TV shows that I've ever seen. Fair enough. Because it, it, it in terms of like the amount of episodes, the amount of like like there are bad episodes, of course. Of course. But when, oh, actually I wouldn't when, say there's bad episodes. There are there are they're weaker. Uh, there are weaker episodes. Yeah. yeah. And and it's but like overall, like I've cried in this show, like and I barely ever, if ever, cry watching a television mm-hmm. show. Like it's really, really difficult. And like like this show moved, moved me. Mm. You know, and um, and it's odd that it's Star Trek and all this stuff, but when you really get into Star Trek, you really start to to see what it's capable of, mm-hmm, and that and that's the standard. Like the standard is that Star Trek can be anything, it can be anything it wants to be, and yet when they when they use when you have the option to do anything you want and you still make the best thing ever, mm. it's 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 it's, it, it's hard to talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like they they achieve something so great in a, in a sandbox where they could do anything they wanted. They achieved something great. And this it's journey, like, this, this particular, like, it's not the, like oh, this is the best Marvel movie or no, this no. is the best. And this this ep, particular you know, leg of the journey this is the best is gonna, episode in the Cheers bar. It's like <laughs> they, they can do anything, people. This like, particular leg of the journey of your Star Wars journey, Star Trek. Wars Star Trek <laughs> journey is going to be really interesting because. Um, D Space Nine starts so strong mm. and yet gets better. Yes. And yeah. by the time you reach mid midway, you've got the Dominion coming into mm-hmm. the war and you've got all I mean, there's so much happening. Yeah. And they've defined the characters so well. People like Garrick and stuff mm-hmm. like that, who don't really get much of a look in in season no. one, but they're developed over yeah. time. And they did the impossible in this show, which was they actually took the Ferengi, which are the most ridiculous mm-hmm. race yeah. ever created. I remember the first time I was introduced to the Ferengi was in so the next stupid. gen. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. And, and now like, the Ferengi are like my favorite thing. In, Absolutely, in, yeah. because they fleshed them out and made yeah. them real. And they gave Quark and Nog, and so they gave mm-hmm. them personalities. And they gave we, we got introduced to the whole realms of, uh, of, of, of commerce yes. and the, yeah. the, the rules, rules of acquisition. acquisition. Yeah. And we got the Nagus. Yes. And it's like we, we yeah. actually went to Ferenginor. Yep. at one point in this a show. A few times, yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. we, we, we got to understand. And it always rains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to understand Ferengi, mm. and we actually even get a Ferengi in Starfleet by the time this yes. series finishes. You know? He's my favorite character in the whole thing, Oh, actually. Nog, yeah. Nog is Nog. just brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant character. So, but let's have a look at season one, mm-hmm. and basically, uh, for me personally, there's a couple of standout episodes. Yeah. Uh, season one, like all season ones of Star Trek, basically is the weakest of the seasons, yes. and that's yeah. not saying much, so because this was a very strong season. Well, the kind of thing is, like, with, with Star Trek <clears throat> now, that like I've seen a pretty clear trend, because uh, I've I've done well. We're not talking about the original series. No, no, no. Uh, I've now completed Next Gen. I've completed D Space Nine, and you're into Voyager. I'm into Voyager, and so Voyager is now starting to get quite good. And so, third season, yeah, third season. That's the trend. Hey, it's absolutely like like by the third season. Because when you watch these things, you got to remember a few things. It's like they're '90s stuff. Yeah. So there, there is a restraint there. And then they're doing twenty six yeah. a season. So they've actually got like, they've got they two have a seasons lot to fill, and so like re- and twenty six a season. And I kind of looked at how they were made, and it's like they only make three at a time, kind of thing. Yeah, before yeah. they're they were only a few yeah. weeks ahead. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like because of that, they the Trek really has this ability that TV shows today kind of don't, where it's like hear the feedback and immediately adjust. Mm. So it 
they listen and it gets... Except for the theme song to Enterprise, but we'll come yeah, back to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with this, with this particular season, um, for me personally, there is actually the greatest episode of Star Trek ever made. And this yes. was, was the episode Duet, mm-hmm. um, which is just a two-hander uh, between Kira Norris and yeah. a Cardassian war criminal uh, who occupied her planet. And it is just basically them in the jail cell mm-hmm. talking about the occupation and it is gripping yeah it is just gripping and i look at that episode and i go that is purest trek at its core mm. which is it's always about the story yeah it's not about the Wizbank special effects it's not about the battles it's not a, it's about the script mm. the script was always king in star trek even in the weakest production value versions the script was always what was the strongest part yeah. of the entire thing? They hired the best writers. Uh, you're they, they're going all the way back to the '60s when they made original Star Trek. It was always about hiring the best writers. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry hired science fiction novelists mm-hmm. to come in and actually write episodes. Yeah, know? like Harlan Ellison did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and it's the same thing goes on in in DS9. Mm-hmm. You've got these great writers who come in and write these great episodes. And you get a uh, Roland Moore. Oh, and, well, uh, and and well, not this episode Dave's talking about, but Ronald Moore wrote most of my favorite episodes in the Space yeah. Nine, and, and like he went on to do Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, you know, and if you love Battlestar Galactica, that's kind of the feel you'll get for a lot of it. Yeah, and the, the, there was a lot of talk when Deep Space Nine was coming out that it was going to be the grittier Star Trek, mm. and it is in many ways. It's still got that network yeah. clean sheen to it, but mm. the ship doesn't always, the station doesn't always work properly. Yeah. And it's not Starfleet, so it's all kind of Cardassian design. That's and, one huge thing. Yeah, it's not really Starfleet. No, and so you got you the know? Starfleet officers running a it's Cardassian only, station. Yeah, exactly. It's only a handful of them are Starfleet, and only a handful of them are human. Yeah, yeah. and so it's it's really it's a really interesting really interesting show all around. And by season three, I was talking about that whole thing i think with star trek the the philosophy i guess kind of was three two seasons to get you to know the characters yeah and then then, throw, we're then throw the shit at yeah them, you know what i mean and then that's when season three introduced us to uh the, the dominion borg, the, the borg in next yeah. generation introduces us to the dominion mm-hmm. here in uh voyager i won't spoil it okay <laughs> 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 but you always have that whole build up to it there's another episode that i also really liked in for season ds9 uh which was um where is it what's it called again it's called captive pursuit mm-hmm. which was basically the guy being hunted the lizard, yes. the lizard dude yeah. being hunted. I really enjoyed that episode. There was something about that episode that just kind of really caught my attention because it was that whole uh, deadliest game mm-hmm. uh, philosophy, but aliens. Yes, yeah. and how what we the, and the moral of the story, because of course it was always about the writing. Moral of just because we don't understand it doesn't necessarily make it the wrong way. Yeah, you know, it's that's the society, and that's what the whole prime directive is about: is we don't interfere. Mm. You know, so it's not necessarily the way we do things, but that's how they. do But that's things. how they do it. Yeah, you know? and, we, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be getting involved in all. I that. I mean, crap! Like I'm looking at the we got the Wikipedia list here of the episodes in season one, and it's like, no, oh, I don't even know if there's a bad one on here. No, it's a great. It was a good season. It was a very, very good season. It's like, yeah. um, I, for me personally... It's uh, just not the show it becomes. I no, guess. there's also the Storyteller was a good episode. That was Yes, little, that was... Um, you yeah, talked about the, that a couple yeah, weeks ago. That yeah. was actually a really good episode. And you liked If Wishes Were Horses, didn't you? Which one's that again? The Jeopardy one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah the, with uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Rump- yeah, yeah well, a lot of people didn't like that one. 
yeah. uh, from what I've heard. I also really liked In the Hands of the Prophets. I remember really liking that one because it was an episode entirely about how Keiko, uh, the wife of Miles O'Brien, wanted to have a school. Yeah. And the whole episode was about just that the religious beliefs of the Bajorans, um, the parents of the Bajorans, like, forcing religion to come into what was... It's a little bit like creationism, isn't it? Yeah. It was, and they, <laughs> they did they did the whole creation versus, you know... Science. Science in, in a school. And it was really interesting. Like, um, like it, w- it wasn't about, like, who's attacking the ship this week and someone's run amok and... You, you know, know what? I forgot. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Just as we're about to... Li- oh, no, we got first contact to talk we about. We do, right? so we'll, we'll, we'll let that play for in the background. Yeah, we forgot our sentence. Some kind of Star Trek. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're if you're at all interested in any of this, you should go and watch Deep Space Nine. If you've yeah. only heard bad things about it but never seen it, make up your own opinion. We always say you should make your own opinion on these things. I really like DS9. I liked it from the day I saw it, yeah. and I'm so glad you're, you enjoyed it so I've much. been coming around on, on, on the sort of question like... Should I start Star Trek? You know, that, that kind of question you get asked a lot, mm. you know? And the kind of thing is, like, I'm still tossing up between start from the beginning and go through, or here's a list of ten, see if you like these ten, and then go. I think I uh, there's actually a, there is a school of thought that says... Because it's hard to... It's like, you know, if oh, somebody, you like Star Trek? Here's 700 episodes. Well, if somebody's never watched Star Trek, there is a school of thought that you could say, I could probably handpick five episodes of Star Trek... Based on the person's character, so not yeah. always the same episodes. Based on the person's character, you can probably pick five episodes that would hook them. Mm. Okay, my argument to that is, and yes, I used to do that. I used to say, yeah, just watch these, and if you're not hooked after that, you're 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 dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, there is a there is a school of thought that says you don't want to spoil things. So if you actually picked five episodes, mm. then they'd have to go back. Yeah. And it's nicer just to start from the beginning. But it's really hard because if you're going to start from the beginning of Next Gen. You have to go through season yeah. one, which can be a hard watch. Yes, yeah. you know, for somebody who's never watched it, it can be a yeah. hard watch. Not always, like you got through it. Yeah, and you got a friend who's going through it who really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But it's it can be a hard watch. Yeah, know? it can be. So yeah. it's it's depends on how hard you are for it, I guess. Yeah, like, it depends on yeah. how much you want to invest your time yeah. in this. Yeah. But look, I really love Star Trek, and and at the moment is a really good time to watch it. It's all on DVD. Yeah. Next gen's on Blu-ray. You know, it's like it's a great time to watch. Yeah, it. so it's the best time to watch. You it. can. This is true binge TV. Yeah. And you can binge from. And months. I mean, it's great. It's like, like for example, like I can finish an episode and then I can go on Wikipedia and I can read trivia about it. Yeah, because you know, I posts, can read yeah. interviews with people. Like you know, it's it's heaps good. Mm, mm. Yeah. But at the same time as television, they are also making films. Yes. And we really should talk a little bit about the next film in the series. So last week we talked about Generations, which was moving mm-hmm. the next-gen cast into cinema. The I passing. can't believe we're already at first contact. I That's know. Great. We're going to run out of films. That's yeah. the problem. Oh, no, we'll do the Abrams ones. I yeah, even so, we're still going to run out of films. <laughs> oh, we could watch that like fan films. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, in the meantime, I do have I do have a little <laughs> We'll bit. just review them again. <laughs> we'll just start from the beginning. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I do have a little bit of Jerry Goldsmith's uh, theme from... Star Trek First Contact.
da, 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 da. Sorry. <laughs> I loved First Contact. It's a great, great score. Um, this was marking Jerry Goldsmith's return to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened with Jerry Goldsmith. He directed, he directed, he wrote the music to the first Star Trek movie. Yep. And then they sidelined him mm-hmm. until five. Yep. And then he came back, he did five that William Shatner directed. Mm-hmm. And then he was sidelined for six and seven. Yeah. And then he came back and he did First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis all in a row. All in a row, yeah. And he also, during all this time, also did the score, he did the uh, title music for Next Generation and Voyager. Oh, he did Voyager? No. Yeah, no, because I'm watching at the moment, it says theme by Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, theme by Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. Right, yeah. Which makes sense because it's got lots of oboes in it. Yeah, yeah that's likes, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's, he's, had a, he's had a mixed relationship with the Star Trek films, and it's really interesting because he is considered to be the one who basically redefined the music for Star Trek yeah. with his theme for the motion picture, which has basically been reworked into... All of the films, in some way, of course, um, because of that. Of you know, I mean, it's all based. It's, let's it's, go it's all like, the way back. It's all based on Alexander like Courage. The theme for Star Trek for the modern know? Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's got touches of Alexander Courage in yeah. there, but it's his. Yeah. This is obviously a reworking again because this isn't the Star Trek theme that we know. No, this is like the first contact theme. This is first contact theme. Yeah. He does play his anthem in the end credits, yeah. uh, which was nice to hear come back, and that's good. Now, as far as the film is concerned, mm-hmm. everybody was had a lot of hopes for First Contact because I don't know if you're aware, uh, coming into Star Trek kind of late, mm. there's actually what is known as the Star Trek curse. And it's basically oh, it's the odd number thing. only the even yeah. numbers are good. Yeah. So basically, Star Trek 1, people thought was kind of weak. Star Trek 2 was excellent. Star Trek 3 was kind of weak. Star Trek 4 was excellent. Yeah. Star Trek 5 was awful. Star Trek, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek 6 was great. And we'll just kill this because it gets into really sinister music here. Yeah. Um, and uh, there we go. <laughs> um, and uh, Star Trek, a lot of people actually thought Star Trek Seven was kind of weak, which was the Generations mm-hmm. one, which I quite liked. And yes. then Star Trek Eight, there was a lot of hopes they were going, they're going to Star Trek Two, the Next Generation. Crew, yeah. you know what I mean. And they did mm-hmm. in many ways. I think Star Trek Eight or Star Trek First Contact is probably my second favorite of yeah. all of the Star Trek films. And I say second because. I don't Rathacan. think anything comes near Ratha Khan mm. as just pure Star Trek movie. I mean, yeah. Ratha Khan is just brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. um, what was your thoughts? I loved First Contact. Yeah, absolutely loved First Contact. It was the. I still think Insurrection's better because I, I, I there's something about Insurrection that I absolutely just think is amazing. Like it feels like Star Trek. A lot of people complain, but we'll get but we'll get to we'll get to that next week. Yeah, but First Contact I think is like an awesome like action film. Yes, you know? uh, it kind of. I don't want to say misunderstands Picard, but it kind of takes Picard in a new direction. Well, it kind of, <laughs> well, it kind of had to though, because it's got yeah. you got you can't have gone through what he went through in Best of Both Worlds and not harbor, yeah, some yeah. mixed emotions. Not, in there. I want revenge on the <laughs> Borg. <laughs> when he give he, me a tank top and a machine gun. What is it? You broke your little ship. Yeah, <laughs> I want to read Ulysses, Shakespeare, and kill. I think, yeah, like, I, think my favorite line, I think my favorite line. <laughs> it's a bit of an over-exaggeration. <laughs> my favorite line in it, though, is when she quotes Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. He quotes it back, and she goes, yeah. actually, I've never read it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, She was a great addition to she the, was the great. cast. Uh, Alfie Woodard. Yeah. Uh, Alfie Woodard? Alfie Woodard. Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was she was fabulous. 
Who do, oh, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes yeah. makes his big big screen debut. <laughs> yeah, and he kills it. In he it, absolutely killed yeah. it. And he actually went on to direct the next one as well. First and Contact, I think, is probably the best made of the, of the oh, generation man, and film. And that's the anti-grav yeah. scene at the oh, dish yeah. is with phenomenal. Yeah. Um, um, with and the, it's really well designed and it's a, it's, it's a cool movie, but the movie's made specifically for like... Um, New people bring in the new audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's not necessarily like a a trek. trek. It also brought in. Um, it's cool what they do with the first contact idea though, and how they bring that into the Borg and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And we bring in uh, we and bring the queen, in the, Alice the, the Creech, of, whatever her name. Uh, is. I'm about to say Alice Creech as the Borg queen was probably uh, one of the greatest additions to the whole thing. She was yeah. just brilliant, and we also get a new insights into data. Yes. Uh, with him. Data. And that, that, the look on Data's face when he feels the sensation of the false skin. Yeah. And he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and we also got the new Enterprise. Oh, yes. Which yeah, is, the e, the which e. was a sleek, Sovereign sleek class. ship. Really like the Enterprise E. But it's, it's such a wonderfully made film. Like, without the context of the show and knowing the characters so well going into the movie, I can, I can imagine it would blow your roof off mm. you know but when you come in there with the sort of expectation of like i know these people so well and they're not really being kind of hey the we're off the bridge we're off the bridge just uh, our ship yeah. just shut down yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I i'm not trying to say like it's it's completely removed from who they were like it's not no like they are still the character they are still the characters they're just slightly changed and they're given. They're given. They're given um, a couple lines each. Some of them. You know, yeah, like, well, they're, they're also. Yeah. I mean, this is really the Data Picard story. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot of uh. There's a lot going on that Data and Picard have to deal with mm. in this. And I think that that's that is truest probably in tradition to the original films with the original cast when it was often a a Kirk Spock story. Yeah. Um. And I think that's kind of what they're what they're aiming at here mm-hmm. is they went yes we have this whole crew just like we had in the original series but. This is a very personal story. Yeah. It's very personal for Picard because he was abducted by the Borg. Mm-hmm. It's very personal for Data because he is an artificial life form. Yes. And yeah. we're dealing with an enemy that is is finding perfection. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you look at it, you go, Yeah, I can actually kind of see this as being a very personal story for those two characters. The yeah. other ones are all side characters in this. And they all get a lot more room to shine in Insurrection mm-hmm. in the next film because that's much more like the series. Yeah. But in this one, this was I mean, and I think that I think this film is summed up by the poster. Yeah. This film is a love triangle. Yes. You know, yeah. this film is a love triangle between uh, Picard, Data, and the Borg Queen. And it's also like it it's also, I guess, an origin story. Mm. Like of um of the Federation and of like um Well it's an origin of story ha- of, of Zephyr Cochran. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, um so it does have a lot of lore and a lot and of some really good humor. Yes. My God, yes. this is a funny Except film. for the whole um that looks like some kind of Star Trek. Yeah, no, no, I like, I like. Yeah, you told him about the statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, this is this is one of the best, if not the best, next gen film. Yeah, I mean, and if it was one, if it was a two part episode, it would have been one of the best two part episodes. Absolutely, made. I think you when know, we um, when we put it in context with the next film, so next yeah. week when we put it into context with Insurrection, we may alter that a little bit because there's mm. the Insurrection. We'll get to this next week, but Insurrection can be taken looking at it from two different directions. Yeah. From the general audience or from a Trek fan. Yeah. And that the, your opinions of the film will differ. Will differ based on that. Based yeah. on those two criteria. Because Insurrection is like, it, it, I guess if First Contact is a movie made for everybody to go in, 
insurrections a movie made for for Trekkies. For Trekkies. And the first contact is I put it in the same class as Star Trek Four, the Wales one. Yeah. Because Star Trek Four was made as an entry point. It was made for general audience. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to be a Trekkie. It was just going for the laughs. It yeah. was going for humor. It was going for a mass market. And it worked. And I think First Contact was the same thing. It was going for mm-hmm. all right, we've had generations, we've had the we've had the the film where you have to have backstory to understand it. Now let's just have fun. Yeah. You know? And they went out there and they just made a, a, an action film, which is yeah. kind of what they do with Star Trek 2 as well. And it's like one of the, the better science fiction action films like, Absolutely. that was made in this er- era. An amazing like, in, in special effects. Like, um, I wanted to ask you too when it came out, because like, I can imagine when it came out, like the Borg Cube and the set design. Oh, man, and, we were blown like, away. We were like, w- like the like watching it now, the effects are still kind of amazing. Think about this. When we were, I mean, this is industrial light. This is also industrial yeah. light and magic doing the yeah. effects for this. Um, they didn't do the effects for Insurrection. And mm. the company that did Insurrection did a great job, mm-hmm. but industrial light and magic did this. And. Um, this was just when we saw the. I mean, I remember the, the just the awe factor when we saw the, the new Enterprise for the first time mm. in space and just went, oh, baby, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like that just looks so good, you know. Um, I remember when when this was coming out, we were at the, still at the birth of the internet, basically of internet collection uh we were all on dial up and i remember when the little matchbox size clips and stuff were starting to surface for this film we were all getting very excited it was like first contact is coming we were seeing behind the scenes we were seeing the borg we just finished the series so we were hot yeah we were hot for this you know we'd all gone through generations and we thought okay that was good but there's a better film there and we started seeing this we went oh and then entertainment tonight did a profile on it we saw their new uniforms and it was like oh yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) and i remember seeing the cinema when those credits came on with that music in the background just going we're here we're this is this is a a new dawn i just i wish they'd play all the generations films in cinemas there's some something about what me wanting to see them on the big screen, I don't know. Problem is, unlike Star Wars, I guess Wars, it's just because it's like like the original series ones. You know, it's like like they'd be great to watch on the big screen too. Rather Khan's great on the like, big screen. I would love to see Rafa Khan on the big screen. Rather but there's Khan- something about like having watched just watched like you know what 200 hours of it. Yeah. Like to then go and watch it on the big screen would be really interesting. Like yeah, the problem as I say, unlike know. Star Wars, the chances of getting a big screen replay of all of the mm. Star Trek films is probably fairly limited. Yeah, I think... Because I think, they were never huge I think like, in, like, God forbid, like, you know, I'm not religious, but, you know, God forbid. That's a callback. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a callback. That's a callback to about yeah. an hour ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, an hour and six minutes. But okay. No, yeah. I just wanted to say, like, like uh, I think I think if Patrick Stewart dies, it will happen. Maybe. But, you know, I don't want that to happen yeah, just maybe. yet. You know? I mean, I know in, in Melbourne, I don't know because I've been away from Melbourne for a very long time, but I used to go to Melbourne Valhalla in Richmond mm. a lot. And Melbourne used to actually have Star Trek uh, marathons. Yeah, sure. So the Valhalla yeah. used to actually play all the Star Trek films in a row. Yeah. And you'd start in the morning and you go straight through, right? Yeah. And now, I mean, when I did it, when I did the Star Trek marathons, we were talking six films. Mm. Now we're talking 10, 10 yeah. 12 films. If you I just think play the four, the four generations. Yeah, you could do that you know, too. Yeah. Like, um, just for whatever reason. Sidebar. You know, I would, I'd even go watch Nemesis. There's a sidebar for you on that. Whenever they used to, Valhalla used to also have 24 hour sci fi marathons. Mm. And you start in the morning and you go straight through until the following morning. Yeah, yeah. And people would bring blankets and pillows. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it, was, it was a great time, right? And I always remember that I went to two of them. And every time 
I actually learned very quickly that there's a tradition at the Valhalla that when the hairstylist name came up in the end credits, everybody cheered. Yeah, sure, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Such an odd the first, the first two films, people would start cheering in the middle of the credits. I'm going, why are they cheering now? <laughs> Do they know this person? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so yeah, it was always the hairstylist. So anyway, so anyway, that's a sidebar for you. That's awesome. So if you ever go to the Valhalla in Melbourne, mm. if it still exists. And, and demand for them to play First Contact. Yeah, well, you want to Say see the Geek Actually Boys sent you. Geek Actually <laughs> sent you, you want a Star Trek marathon. Yeah, we'll, we'll come down there and we'll introduce all, all four of we'll them. We'll do a live show yeah. on the stage Yeah, in between the shows. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd, I'd do that. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. This film was directed by Jonathan Frakes and it also was starring Jonathan and Frakes. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart is a well-known actor from... His days. <laughs> All right, an hour and six minutes into this, we got one little piece of housekeeping to do, and we're going to go into our feature review. Mm-hmm. Our little piece of housekeeping is, remember, we do have two competitions running at the moment. The first one is our Star Trek pop vinyl. It's Captain Picard. It's Captain um, Picard. Captain Picard. And then we started this one last week. We had gave it a two-week run-up. So just to remind you, mm-hmm. that you have what, until the next episode to get your entry in. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, write... Uh, to competitions at geekactually.com and you are saying the your favorite moment from season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, and then That's we, the one with me. <laughs> and then we actually have the other competition, which is our Star Wars Golden Books, which Yay, are amazing. Awesome. My son just walked into the studio. Hello. Uh, the Star Wars Golden Books, which is episodes four, five, and six uh, in Golden Book format that just come out. We have uh, copies here. This is all courtesy of uh, Good Games Hurstville mm-hmm. and Jamie, who is sick. Get well soon, Jamie. Yep. Um, for the Star Wars competition, Dave? Star Wars! <laughs> you have to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash geek, actually, and you have to give the plot synopsis for the new Star Wars film, not the real one. Mm-hmm. You make one up if you were trying to spoil the film for Dave. <laughs> so just making up a plot yeah. synopsis, if you if Dave didn't want to know anything about the film, you're going to make up a plot synopsis yeah. about what you think, that, yeah. <laughs> what you basically would want to say to Dave to spoil the film for Here's him. Here's an example that, that then you won't be able to use it. Okay. It will be that um, at the very end, Luke, Han, Chewie, Leia... R2, Freepio, all the legacy characters get on board the Millennium Falcon and it's like, goodbye, we'll see you next time. And just as they fly off, they just get blown apart by um, like a Star Destroyer. There you go. And they all, Abrams just kills all the legacy characters off and your in one go. All together. They're all watching it like in a, in a medical ship, like at the end <laughs> of Empire. And like just Han just <laughs> flies lifeless towards the... <laughs> Yeah, um, and then da, 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 da. there you go. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. There's an example, but it could be even more. Like you could actually give a plot. So I've could, actually seen the Force Awakens. That's that's a <laughs> so, so, you, so you could say, uh, Dave, what's the plot of Star uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens? Well, it's actually. Uh, Darth Vader didn't die in the funeral pyre and he's actually up like a zombie and he's found Luke's hand and he's attached that to his own body and taken on the personality of Luke and he's going after uh, Luke and then the the, the big twist is of course he takes off his helmet and it is Luke the whole time (laughs) no he takes off his helmet and it's just (laughs) Luke's hand attached to his his neck holding little eyeballs That, that's the new villain. It's like Vader's body, but Luke's hand oh, instead of a head. Go. And there it has a go. lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> or the Emperor didn't really die. In the... There are so many you could do, people. Get creative. Get your stuff in. 
caveat to both these competitions, you must be a resident of Australia because I'm cheap and I don't want to have to send yep. this stuff overseas. Uh, you got a pop vinyl, Captain Picard, for one competition or the Golden Book Star Wars. These Golden Books, don't be put off by the fact that gold, they're awesome. They Seriously, are, Google they are, them. Google them They now. are awesome. Yeah. Um, we'll actually put a photo. Um, this week, I'll put a photo of them up on our Facebook page so you can see both of these things. Um, all right. With that being said, let's talk. Oh, do you know what we didn't open a page for? We didn't open a page for the summary of this stupid movie. Oh, the IMDb. <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll play these the These four we'll- are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just bring this up because um, I don't want to have to memorize Have you read anything. the Rotten Tomatoes summary? Uh, Ouch. We'll get that up as well. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll okay, we'll get that up after the trailer. So, so the film this week, uh, we all we went to see uh, Fantastic Four, the new uh, Josh Trank film, uh, which is written by who? Do we know? It's uh, well, Josh Trank uh, wrote part of it. Uh, Simon Kinberg, I think, and Jeremy something. Jeremy one of the, something. One of the co-writers on Chronicle. God, we are getting, Jeremy Slater. We are getting yeah. slacker and slacker at this. So the summary. On, I was going off the top of my head, man. <laughs> the summary on Fantasy Four, as of IMDb, who always and get- I'm sure like. The cast, Fox, half the studio wrote some of it. Um, we'll get into that. IMDb always gets the plot summary right, so that's what we're going to choose <laughs> Choose the users. Four young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe which alters their physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together and save Earth from a former friend turned enemy. That sounds awesome. That's, Can I see that movie? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the original movie. That actually, that <laughs> actually sounds, that actually sounds pretty good. All right, so directed by Josh Trank, who directed Chronicle, Written by Jeremy Slater, Simon Kinberg, and Josh Trank, based on the comic book by Stanley and Jack Kirby, starring Miles, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, Toby Kebbell, and who played uh, the guy from House of Cards, Freddie. <laughs> the yeah. Guy. yeah, he's and Dan Castellaneta. Fred is real. Yeah, I, point, I pointed that out yeah. to you in the movie. I was like, I got excited. Uh, Tim, I, remember Bla- I didn't. I turned to you. I was like, that's Homer Simpson. <laughs> Homer Simpson. <laughs> and uh, uh, Reg E. Cathy, 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 Cathy. Uh, not sure. The, I just, the I one just, with the awesome voice. The one who's got ribs. Get your ribs. Get your ribs. Maybe if you, yeah, house cards. All right. So here's a here's a little bit of the trailer for you, Doctor Storm. We gave you six years and millions of dollars, and you gave us nothing. What's different now? Reed Richards. He knows answers to questions we don't even know to ask yet. This is our chance to learn more about our planet and maybe even save it. I want you to meet my daughter, Sue. You want to be famous? I just want my work to make a difference. John, Reed. This guy doesn't take orders well. Yeah, especially from people who say, I don't take orders well. Don't let any of these lab coats give you any crap, all right? Well, if I do, I know who to call. The muscle. I gotta say, it's fun having you here. Really? No. (laughs) What you've created here is incredible. You guys sure you're in the best shape to be doing this? Yeah. We're good. They just cracked interdimensional travel. Incredible. All I want to know is where are my children? Four have survived. All exhibit unique physical conditions. I just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. You should use these powers to help people. 
you open the door, you don't know how to close. You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? We might leave the trailer there, considering that a lot of this is just music now. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the, the trailer for Fantasy Four. unused footage. You know, and I'm looking at it going, <laughs> that actually doesn't kind of look like the film I watched. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't in an odd way. In many ways. Look, the film is getting a lot of hate. Yeah. Um, it is fair to like say. Like really that- unnecessary stuff. I pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes quickly. Oh, Dave. cool. Okay. So, what about eight percent? Wasn't it? I think Nine, last time no. I saw it. Nine. Oh, it's gone up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, look, I haven't seen a rating like this since an M Night Shyamalan film. So yeah. uh, it, it is kind of scary. And it, look, there's a lot of hate on this film. I understand some of it. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I thought the film was okay. Yeah. I didn't hate this movie. I think it was summed up perfectly by our friend Jal, who actually came to the movies with us, yeah. who said it felt like an exam where you're writing essays and you write really nice essays at the very beginning and then you look at your watch and realize you've only got 20 minutes yeah. left, so you just thrash out the last few pages. <laughs> and that's how this film felt. And I think that's the biggest disappointment with this film is I spent two-thirds of this movie with looking at the screen going, I don't understand why we people don't like this. Mm. This is actually not a bad film. And then the last third of the film just falls apart. Yeah. And I think because it leaves a bad taste in your mouth is why people are pounding hate on it. They're not Mm. giving the film any credit for what it does get right. They're just going for what it doesn't get right. Um, That being said, as an overall film, it just, it's kind of mediocre because of that last third. Uh, That doesn't, not to say that doesn't have great stuff in. What did you think? I'm kind of similar. Like um, for the most part, I really liked it actually. Like, um, uh, same thing with you. Like, for the majority of the movie, I'm going, like, what are people, like, are people really, hit, like, shitting on this so yeah, hard yeah. for, like, this? Like, this is not that bad at all. Yeah, it's not like the Fantastic Four that we know and we love and they're doing a whole new alternate take and they, yeah. they made they made a pretty decent science fiction movie, though, for and a long actually, time. And they, they actually did a lot, a lot of, and a lot of it's stupid and really dumb, like, but it's not, like, for example, like, leaving Sue Storm behind for no reason. No. It's like... Why did they do that? It's like you, you can't even put it down to the point of like they're being misogynistic and sexist by removing the female character because it's it's not even it's not even like aware that it's doing that. It's just so dumb. It's just like why did we build four like units to transport them in the first place? Why would you but just yet, build one? But yeah, we're not we're not we're not going to put Sue Storm in one of those. We're going to call up my friend that I haven't seen in like two years, who has no <laughs> like, si- who has no know? scientific background yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, like that's all kind of like really stupid on paper. But see, it, and the thing but is, it works in the movie because they're not thinking about it too much. See, like, and that works in the original Fantastic Four comic book that Ben was there because mm. in the original Fantastic Four comic book, Ben is a pilot. Yeah, and so he is the pilot for the ship. He's not the scientific mind. And that's why he's there. But there is no reason for him to be there in this film. It's, oh... He was there at the beginning, yeah. so I better call him up bet, and bring he, him he, down. He's in the story, so we better have I'm, I'm going to bring him down and put his life <laughs> yeah. in peril because I just feel like it. <laughs> but I didn't really have like too much of a problem with most of the movie up until, the I guess, sort of the last half an hour of it where yeah. it really starts to crumble. But to me, like I feel a bit weird. I was talking to you, Dave, on the way here. Like I do feel a bit weird about talking about the movie, though, because it doesn't feel like a complete movie. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it feels like so much of it is 
been ch- and we, but we have to take the film. Yeah, for what I know, the film I know is, we do, but I know? can't really, like, I can't distance myself from it. At least I watched it, not distance from it. So now it's it's hard to go back and change my mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. so because like my my actual reaction to it is like, well, this the first half of the movie is really strong and it shows it points in a direction, and I have been aware of the behind the scenes stuff that's alleged, mm-hmm. and and um. I'm just now sort of taking it as like the last half an hour was bolted on, like it's so obviously in. rewritten as yeah, well, you know, heavily like, rewritten. Like it just feels messed with and tampered with. It's like you know, you know what it's like. It's like, do you like Coca Cola? Like I love Coca Cola, you know. But you know when Coke gets flat, yeah, yeah. After yeah. it's lost, its or you drink Coca Cola Life with stevia, yeah, it you know, it right. doesn't taste right. Like that's yeah, that, yeah. that's the kind of thing. It's like something that that was working that was going to taste nice, but then someone added this. It's like when Coke, like New Coke, like came just, in in America, and yeah. then they had to release Coke Classic because everybody didn't like the taste of New Coke. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Look, and, and so, as far so, as- so like in, in terms of what I saw, the assembly, I guess, mm. like yeah, there's some things about even even the last half an hour is not that bad necessarily i mean it's not the common movie oh well, that's true you know like it's not rise of the silver Surfer. It, it, it's just it the the opening half of it promises something that you don't get like yeah like there to me, a- they, were, they were doing something really cool they were doing like they were introducing sue storm but they weren't going to bother with a love relationship mm. it was like she was just a character you know like it, she wasn't going to be only the love interest or the babe like she was just going to be another person, you know, yeah, which I, I thought quite, was kind of cool. And I, I quite know? liked what they did with Doom. I thought, yeah. all, I thought all the stuff in the first half with Doom as kind of the wonder kid who basically yeah. was high, was was becoming a hermit. Yeah, and also because he felt like he was. I thought all that was yeah. great. And, and I, Tony Kebbell was yeah. really good. Yeah, and I, you know? I kind of went in there sort of like watching this science fiction movie about two kids that wanted to change the world with science because mm. they love science. And then the whole sort of plot is about like, um, I guess like. Reed Richards having a massive ego and they get drunk and they decide to go on they this They didn't want to get the military taken. Yeah, so. and so so it's kind of like this interesting like, well, can you play God when you're a scientist or who do you, who controls science? And there's uh, all this interesting stuff brought up that's never sort of but the frustrating, but the frustrating part on. of the film is that as soon as we come back from that little misadventure, yeah. they've been hit by whatever cosmic forces they've been hit mm-hmm. by, we don't get a chance to actually discover their powers no, with them. It, they just it, it immediately cut it. to one year later. Yeah. And you sit there and go, but that's the year I wanted to see. Yeah. That awkward discovery of powers. Like and blah, I, blah, blah. I, I, I really do think that there's a movie somewhere assembled where that's, that's it. Well, Josh, where the movie, Josh the movie ends with, um, with them like being able to use their powers. It well, never Josh leaves Trank that actually said in a tweet that he has since yeah. deleted mm-hmm. that there is an awesome cut of this film yeah. that he had a year ago. Yeah, and, and we know mm-hmm. there's been reports of like, like in the set photos of like the fantastic car yes. as a big part of it and that Kate Mara's got this really bad wig for half the movie because <laughs> <laughs> um, she shaved her head after the main unit finished. But like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like uh, anything. Oh, sorry, I'm yeah. getting I'm getting a late-breaking news from uh, from Nicholas here. Do, uh, uh, Nicholas says, "Can he say something?" Yeah, we, yeah, we, man. We only have two mics on, but here, 
Okay, sorry about that. We're back. Uh, we've actually been joined in the studio. Late breaking news. Oh, what's news. up? Yeah. <laughs> we've, been, we've been joined by Nicholas, my son. How are you, Nicholas? I'm very good. We actually talked all about you yeah, before. We did. You were really? Yeah. yeah, we're talking oh. about the view of skew films, but that we're not there <laughs> now. Two so. hours ago. Oh, yeah. I was I like, was, my son was, who's in school. <laughs> I was still at school at that point. I just got home. Stay in school, yeah. kids. This is okay. a whole journey if you think about it. Because I, I just, like halfway through yeah. the show, you were saying, Dave, you know, uh, oh, hey, my son's just come home. Yeah. So we are. We are. I just heard Fantastic Four and I had to come in. All right, we are actually reaching the end of this, but let's let's hear your opinions on Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, should I just start now? Okay. Yeah, go uh, for it. Oh, 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 okay. Makes you're on radio. the air. All right, so, Caller, you're on the air, please. <laughs> I, I, I was hearing you guys and I was, like you guys were saying like it was pretty good for like the first half of it and I kind of agree, but I think the whole film is so flat and boring that... Mm. You know, it, like, I mean, like, I know what they're trying to do with, like, the dimensional stuff because they do it perfectly in, um, sorry, I breathed in the mic. <laughs> they did it perfectly in the comic book, the Ultimate Fantastic Four comic book, but they just made it so dull and, and boring actually, and we should dark. Point this out. And the fact that you brought this up, we should bring this up. This is based on Ultimate Fantastic Four, which was written by... Yeah, so that's what the critics aren't getting. Exactly. Which I think you two yeah. have read. Hey? And it's been, yeah, yeah, we have. It's, I read the first 30 issues. Well, which so covers this yeah. film, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's written by collectively because it's actually like five volume, vo- five issues written by one person then five issues written by but it's Brian Michael Bendis then Mark Millar yeah, there's a, and there's a somebody few people, else yeah. so we're talking about high caliber writers here and they all took different arcs and so the first 20 issues are all written by really good people mm. um, and we we have to except say, for two issues, but that's not well, that's where I quite yeah. like those but anyway uh, we should point out that stylistically, the choices of making the, the the four protagonists much younger, uh, making the Baxter Building. I more actually like a really like that comic book. This is all based straight out of Ultimate yeah. Fantastic Four. Because, mm-hmm. but it's also fun. The comics actually fun. You know, agreed. They actually have some humor in it. Because and there is a fantastic. Bendis, yeah. yeah. There's actually this yeah. one one like um, page or something where like he reads talking to the thing. It's like, so how's your um, toilet tree uh, dealings <laughs> going? It's like, what happens when you you know, yeah. Uh, Go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like little pebbles? Yeah, it's like little pebbles. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And it's like it's stuff like that. It's really funny. And but there's, also like, that, there's also that great, in the comic books, there's a great yeah. sequence where they actually talk about Reed himself and the fact that he can stretch. And they're saying that his biology has been changed. He no longer needs to breathe or eat. Or It's like they go through all yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah. where he's actually biologically changed. He is not a human anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah and none of them are. No. They're, yeah. And they're, they're, like, like even Johnny like burns his skin and stuff. And, and, he, like and molds actually, his skin, yeah. when they go back into the negative zone, at one point Johnny falls really sick. And basically is in a coma because his body requires it to vent. It needs the more fire food or something. And it needs yeah. all this fuel to sure. work, oxygen. Yeah. And in that in that oxygen deprived thing, he can't power. You know? And so they go into all of this in the book, and all of this was this film was right ready for this. It was ready for this kind of idea and they just went completely past it all yeah exactly you know? and and so it was it's, Mr. it's that, like they even have jokes in it but they're just so it's like like I cringed at a lot of them it's like oh god yeah a lot know? of the it's jokes like, were f- yeah. fell flat yeah I think the only one but I think I jokes, laughed at a lot of the jokes were funny yeah. the only one I laughed at was the and it was even in the trailer as well where it's like he tries to fist bump the bump Reed Richards <laughs> and he's like yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he just yeah. puts his hand <laughs> on him or something I don't know how to do it without like you know showing it yeah, but yeah, yeah he just kind of slaps his hand yeah no I thought a lot of it was unintentionally funny yeah. as well <laughs> like when Reed was stretching through the air vents yeah. I thought it was pretty funny <laughs> like all, all of the body horror stuff I thought was particularly hilarious to me like it was awesome like that was my favorite part of the movie just where like they were like ah 
we're dying. I think you could sum it up by saying, and and Nicholas, I'm going to come back to you again because I think you're (laughs) right in the sense that the film, although I quite like the first two thirds. Yeah, I I like the concept. It is flat. You're right. And then there was something about the first two thirds where you sit there and when you watch it, I actually did lean to the person who I was sitting next to. I can't remember. I think I was next to you, but you might have. I think I may have leaned to to Mario. There was like 10 of us. Yeah. And I think I may have leaned to Mario. I saw my friends. I actually did say to about half an hour or an hour into the film, I said, I usually like more action in my action movie. <laughs> you said you know? that yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. That to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there was nothing happened. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely nothing Till Until the very end and then there's hardly anything there either. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people criticize yeah. that the film falls apart as soon as it goes one year later. I think... The yeah, way- I, didn't, I didn't feel yeah. that way. No, I didn't feel that way either. And I think the one year later is the beginning of the end. But I think that we go one year later, we missed a whole bunch of stuff that Once I wanted to see. Once they get their powers, it falls apart, I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then I think it's actually after the one year later, it kind of meanders along for about 15, 20 minutes. And then it's like the last it 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It truly collapses when they go back to the negative. Side. Yeah. It, it just yeah, like when doom. Well, where did he get his cape from? <laughs> Yeah, everything about that. That was like the, I remember walking out. I think I was saying to you, like, um, man, like they, like I loved the fact that they just didn't seem to give a shit of what, yeah. what they were doing. It's yeah, like there yeah. was like, like a whole like, plane just it was got like, disintegrated, and they yeah, didn't it was care. Like, like, what's in this planet zero? I don't know. What's in the goo? I don't know. We don't, like, you don't need to explain any of it. It's like it doesn't need to be explained. Uh, what like, we should um, talk and they could breathe <laughs> there somehow. Yeah, yeah, after, yeah after a little you're while, thinking too much. Yeah, we're thinking. <laughs> too much. What we should talk a little bit about though is its score because we like we, uh, we both yeah. collect music. We're both yeah. big. Film I'm gonna glass. see if I'm gonna see if this is gonna. Work. I forgot the score. Oh, we're we gonna try our thing. We're gonna try this. I'm gonna oh, see if this yeah, works. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, get, I'll get ready. Ah, <clears throat> oh, here we go. It's working. It's working. So this is actually part of the score. Now listen to the background. Yeah, this Philip. <laughs> <laughs> So look, and the funny thing is when we Yeah, I forgot this was done by the same guy who did uh, Koya Scotsy. Well, that's what we're about to talk about because when we first heard about this film, I'd love to play in the background. Because then it wasn't there like a big story about it as well, like ages ago. Well, when we first heard about this movie, we actually heard that Philip Glass was gonna do the music, and we both got very excited by this. Yeah. Because the idea of Philip Glass, who we both love as as composer, uh, coming in and doing a Marvel film or coming in and doing a superhero film. This is super kind of exciting. exciting. Yeah. When we actually finally saw the film, interestingly enough, it's Philip Glass and... Marco Beltrami. Marco, Marco Beltrami and somebody else. There was a oh, thir- was there a Yeah, one? I think there's a third person involved in this too. And we kind of went, oh, what's... I've been listening to the soundtrack and it's... And the soundtrack is good, but what's really interesting is you can hear Philip Glass in the background. That, 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 that that's Philip Glass. Mm. Marco Beltrami is basically overlaid. It's like they're trying to upstage each other. Well, each he's, other he's putting yeah. music over the top. Yeah. So, like everything in this film, it feels like it was redone, mm. and it feels like they got Philip Glass in. He wrote a score, and then when they did all the reshoots and re-edited, it this sounds film, too like Coyne Scotsy. They went, we, we, need, to, we, we need to change it. <laughs> we need to punch this up a bit. Get in Marco Beltrami, who basically comes in and just layers on top of Philip Glass. So that's Philip Glass in the background, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's not really a Philip Glass score anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because like whether it's a, it's not really a Philip Glass score to no. an extent. But there's a lot of it's so Philip Glass, mm. and the and like it's it's not like to me like because I've been listening to this all week like because it's let's just fade this out here. Really. Fantastic soundtrack to me. It's it's to me it's like one of the really cool superhero soundtracks. I wish people would make more 
like attention on it. It's got very clear themes and like it's a good and, score. No, that, yeah, it's a really good score. And um, it's it's like everything else in this film. It feels confused. Yeah, but it's, it's the a good same score. same thing that happened when um when Hulk came out. Ang Lee's one. Oh, and Danny Elfman and Danny Elfman's amazing soundtrack for that movie. And this people just don't don't think about it because they hate the movie. Yeah, it's like the score is created in a different vacuum than mm. the movie mm. is. Like it's not Josh Trank or the studio going down to the pianos and the orchestra and nutting no. it out. Like it's completely separate. And often as we've said on this show, the score yeah. can completely and utterly surpass the film. I mean, yeah. you look at... Uh, I think ba- it's the best thing of this movie. Well, Basil, really Basil yeah. Polidorus' yeah. score and like Philip Glass Conan is, um, is still the big, greatest Phil, thing in the world. Like, I, I forgot. Is, I didn't even know that was by Philip Glass till now. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I, forgot. See, I heard it before. Uh, Philip Glass has collaborated on music scores before too. Like Secret Window is a collaboration and it's like... Um, it's. He's also scored by himself, though. I mean, yeah, of uh, course, like uh, Candyman and um, uh, uh, well, the, the, the Kate Con- Blanchett the, film, the, the Cutsy trilogy. Yeah, the Cutsy trilogy. Oh, yeah, the um, great film too. Um, yeah, oh shit, with Judy Dench. Notes, yeah, on yeah. A, notes on a scandal. Yes, thank you. Uh, I think it's called yes, Notes yeah, on a yeah, Scandal. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, an awesome. Glass movie. also scored that. Mm. So he's a, he is. I mean, Glass is an amazing composer. Mm. I've seen no him live d- twice. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see him yeah. live. So good. Yeah, it was the Coenus Cutsy screened. With live orchestra conducted by him. Nice. And the second time was the Book of uh, Longing with uh, Leonard Cohen oh, performing really? the poetry live with him doing the music. Nice. If you're a huge fan of Philip Glass, I recommend this documentary called um, Glass in Nine Parts. Right. It's a feature length documentary. It's just awesome. It's just a window. Oh, I thought his it might life. be nine films there for a minute. Then. No, it's, 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 in, it's in nine parts, like his, like some of his scores are. But, um, Phil Gloss is just amazing. You, you know. He's a great composer. And, and look, and, and Marco Beltrami is a great composer yeah. too. So it's like, you know, the two great, fla- like, two think, great flavors think, that are great together. I think as I was watching <laughs> as I was watching the movie, like I remember, I think I turned to you very early on where I was like, there's the Phil Gloss! Like, you know, because you, you can hear it. Like, and right it's away. gone. <laughs> yeah, and, and your, your response was like, sounds like someone's overlaid on top of him. Yeah. And then and like, I don't know now. I'd really love to know. I wish That's why I wish people weren't shitting on it so much because we could find out about this stuff. Because like if you're like, if you walk up to me and you're like, fuck you, I fucking hate you. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how you fucking made it, cunt. Sorry, I shouldn't have sworn. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, but it's I, gig, actually, but whatever. I'm probably going to be more like, I don't want to talk to you. We just earned our explicit tag. I don't, don't want to talk, <laughs> talk to you. I don't want to know. You know, but whereas if you're like, can you tell me how it was made, please? Oh, studio oh, phone. Oh, and there goes um, the phone. There goes okay. the studio phone. There's, there's the cops. <laughs> They're coming to get me. They hurt you, Dave. The time I, I, is, timing is impeccable. They, they saw me next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you are no, absolutely so right, true. though. No, you're yeah. absolutely right, though, and you've actually hit a nail on the head with when it comes to uh, the way people get so invested in film at the moment. Mm. Uh, the film that, of course, springs immediately to mind is uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. When people, you say, what did you think of X-Men Origins Wolverine? They go, oh, it sucked at this and that. They just I'm going to this 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 vicious diatribe about how much the, the film just shat on everything. It was terrible. Mm. It's like, that's not helping. Yeah. Tell me what it is you exactly didn't like because... That's not the film I saw. There are things in Wolverine that are okay. Yeah. And when it comes And then to- there's a CG clause. No, absolutely. The CG clause. And I'm not saying it's a perfect film. I'm not saying it's a great film. I don't even say it's a good film. But is it the worst film ever made? Is it yeah. is it the end of the world as we know it, which is how some people refer to this film. Have they seen Life Force? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> have they seen, you know, have they seen God, any number of films from going way back in yeah. the day? Have they seen the Roger Corman original? <laughs> have they seen, you know, Smart 
Martin Scorsese's Roger Corman film Boxcar Bertha, uh-huh. you know? It's like, you know, it's like, there are some pretty bad films yeah. out there, you know? And you look at it and go, Star Trek Nemesis. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, oh, you went there, didn't you? <laughs> um, Burying the lead. So the thing is, though, that when you look at it and you go, okay, is X-Men Origins Wolverine the worst film ever made? No. Is it a bad film? Mm. Yeah, well, it's arguable. I'd call it a mediocre film, yeah. if anything else. Is Fantastic Four the worst film ever made? No, Absolutely of course not. Absolutely not. No, no. And you look at it and you like just it's, go... It's got its moments, like... And the kind of thing is, like, the score's really good. Like, irregardless of whether Philip Glass was overwritten or if they worked together or... Whatever. It makes no difference. Yeah, the final part, and this is what we were saying before. Divorce like, same it, thing with Josh Trank's direction of the exactly, movie. Exactly. I was about to say. It's like, he's, he directed the shit out of this movie. Like, if you if you ask me, like, in terms of... How, like the, Oh, it the, looks great, yeah. The stuff in the end, like, yeah. But, I mean, like, when he's, he's like, the bo- the body horror scene mm. or the... Um, the introduction, the early scenes of the movie, yep. like they're put together really the stuff with well. The kids is fantastic. Like, you know, yeah. the, the performances are really good, like in certain parts. You know, yeah, like, I was about to say some can, parts are can, a bit cringeworthy. But yeah, whatever, you can yeah. you can kind of lock in on where he is and where he's mm, not. Mm. You know, like um, so like it, it feels weird to me to like to dismiss the whole film. And we also we gotta be I very enjoyed. careful. Yeah. We gotta be very careful that we don't. We talked about this over coffee before we hit to the show. Today. We gotta be very careful that we try and dismiss. Or at least put on the back burner all of the behind the scenes shenanigans mm. because we have to take a film for what the film is. Yeah. What's on screen, right? Yes, we know this film was a troubled film. Yes, we know Josh mm. Trank was, f- for all intents yeah. and purposes, look, probably look, fired I don't, from I don't the film. Care. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I do agree. And like, and my response to a lot of the whole sort of negativity towards this has been like, hey, it, it could have, for all we know, it could have been a better movie than what it. Yes. Absolutely. Josh Trank like, says all we know, it could have been. How a, do we know that? But this, you know? No, exactly. this, this, like, but, but, I think but, he's but, just trying to. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, I, the, yeah. yeah. The other side of the coin, Nick. Sorry, is yeah. that like it could be? It could have been even worse. Yeah. I, I think he's trying to, you know, just cover it up. Cover you know, his own he, tracks. Cover his own tracks. Yeah, I think he's like trying to blame it off in the studio than in himself. Mm. You know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know the true yeah. story. We, we weren't there. But then again, you know, yeah. it might be telling the truth. You never know. So yeah. we look at it and we go, I'd love is to it, see a uh, director's cut. Yeah. Was, was Philip Glass rewritten by Marco Beltrami? We don't know. Mm. What is the final result? A pretty damn good score. Yeah. Was... Because behind yeah, the scenes, yeah, yeah. A, a disaster on this film, maybe. What are we left with? What is the final yeah. result? What's on yeah. screen is uh, a mediocre, yeah, okay. a, a mediocre at best yeah, film. Yeah, it's pretty. It's okay. it's, it's yeah. pretty average. A pretty average. And, and the kind of thing is like, I don't know. Do you think there is a good Fantastic Four film to be made? I think there is a good Fantastic yeah, Four film to be right. made, but I think it, it's got to be in the right hands. And yeah. quite frankly, I know it's hard. I, it's hard. I, I know we talk about we talk about. Um, them like their gods, but let's face it, nobody seems to understand their material like the people who yeah. made it. I think Fantastic Four needs to go back to Marvel. Yeah. I think Marvel will know what to do with mm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They will incorporate it into the greater world of their universe. And that is, I think, what they need. Because the problem, mm. the problem is, standing alone in its own universe, I don't think works. Yeah. And I think we've seen that now. Three films, it's not working. Mm. I think they should just not make another Fantastic Four movie. They should just, you know, if Marvel ever gets the rights back, just kind of just slowly just put them in there it's like hey that new Fantastic Four group you know it's like yeah do you know what Marvel really needs Marvel doesn't even need the whole Fantastic Four what Marvel wants is the rights back Mm. my speculation is they They want want Galactus right well I was gonna say they want the rights back because they want the cosmic side of it they want Galactus Silver Surfer etc because they'll roll that into Guardians of the Galaxy and they want Reed Richards they don't care about the rest of them why do they want Reed Richards because Illuminati no forget the Illuminati Illuminati confirmed (laughs) much much simpler than that Dave, 
Robert Downey Jr. is going to be leaving the Marvel Universe. Uh, so yeah, okay, they sure. need yeah. another smart person to replace yeah. Stark. Yeah. So they need Reed Richards to be the new smart person. Yeah. That's what they need. So they need the new genius. And that's what they want. They yeah. want to get Reed Richards in just for that. I think if there is any justice in the world, Fox will finally throw up the white flag and say, we can't do this yeah. and give it back. Oh, I don't know. It's like I've, I've, I've read a lot of Fantastic Four. Mm. Like I haven't read Ultimate Fantastic Four, but I mean like with Behind the Panels, the other show, it's like this kind of movie is supposed to be catered for us, I guess. Mm. Like we're all comic book fans and then we're movie fans and now we're kind of stuck in the middle of that yeah. those two places. And it's kind of like, well, what's our reaction supposed to be to a really bad superhero movie? And the bottom you know, line is because it's kind of it's weird when you track it because originally remember when this was first sort of talked about we were all very, you know, oh, this is not like oh god, yeah. oh shit, you know, and and so the kind of thing is we have had two years of like, well, we're not going to get the Fantastic Four movie that we want, so now we're sort of going into just. We're this, not gonna, this movie. I'm gonna like we're not even looking at it as like a superhero movie. I'm going to throw a caveat in and say we're not going to get the Fantastic Four we want while it's not at Marvel. Yeah, that's a, that's the caveat, which is disappointing because it doesn't seem so out of reach. I actually no, thought the last yeah. one was actually all right. Like the first, the I first actually one, did. No, I actually the did one not in 2005. Hate, yeah, I, I actually like that one. I don't hate them yeah. either. Yeah, like, I just don't think there is like because the Fantastic Four offers you such creative places to go. Mm. You know, like you've got these four people that should should work together in really awesome, interesting ways. You know what they need to do? You they know, need like, to do a like Fantastic Reed, Four film without an origin. Just they should, they should do just it. Do one where Reed stre- has to stretch. Like I know that sounds like a joke, but like the, the they have to test how far he can stretch. Yeah. You know, like something funny and memorable. Like, wouldn't it be funny if like there's a missile in the sky and Reed just stretches and grabs the missile? Quite frankly, I mean, you know, what it's they like, w- let's do something. Quite Franklin, huh? No, yeah. sorry. Quite frankly, what they need to do is they need to. You're right. They need to be testing their bounds. They need to be. You need, to, but the the core of the Fantastic Four, the thing that they need to actually nail, and if they can't nail it, they'll never make the film work. Mm. Is they need to nail family. They yeah. need to actually make it feel like a family. Yeah. Ben Grimm, Sue Storm, Reed Richards, and and Johnny Storm. For all intents and purposes, are a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. in many ways, you know. And then you've got their kids. You've got them as a married couple. We need to see that. We need to actually make that work. Yeah. And then all the superheroics are part of that, and it all comes out of that family union. We've never really nailed that no. in the original in the original Fantastic Four in two thousand five. That's the closest we've come. Silver Surfer blew it out of the water because they just made Sue whiny. All like, the way what through. about our marriage? Yeah, they're basically oh. going, oh, but I don't care if there's a big monster coming from the sky. We're supposed to be getting married next weekend. It's yeah. like, no, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? So they made her, they they they, they reduced it. Mm. Uh, like, a, like a good sauce, they reduced it too yeah. far. You know, They should start it like the origin started. It's like Raiden and Sue are married already. Yeah, I would actually, I would actually like say to you, for ages. Fantastic Four should be made with no origin yeah. story. We just, we just talk about it. You do it's it in like a minute. They're just, yeah. just already do like there. a flashback one. They're in yeah. the Baxter the, building. They're the very, already the 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 in the Incredible original, Hulk, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, like just in the opening like, titles. Yeah, hmm. the very original Fantastic Four comic 
uh, Stanley and Kobe, they they run it off really quickly. Yeah. It's like in two packs. They got a space, cosmic phrase, yeah, boom, we're down. Bang, we're down. You know? Yeah. And it's like, don't make a big deal out of it. And then and also what we need to also do is get away from Victor Von Doom. Mm. Because oh, or, or or get close to him. Or get <laughs> <laughs> or do him right. Yeah. Make him the monarch of a country and you know yeah. and all that. Just go full crazy. Like yeah, don't, don't absolutely worry go nuts. about it. Like instead of spending a hundred and twenty million dollars, which is what they spent on this disclosed you know spend 40 million dollars and just make an like a smaller thing although uh uh, tim story actually did make a quote once where he said fantastic four is a hard film to make purely because every time you have the four of them on screen together it's a budget breaker yeah i mean like doesn't make any sense to me 120 million dollars like because like then they're they're not even in their hero. They're not even heroes until like an hour and ten minutes into a, an, <laughs> yeah. into an eighty minute movie. Like the last ten minutes cost the most. <laughs> like, can we also point out this movie is one hundred minutes long? It is take away ten minutes of of end credits. Mm. It's an hour and a half, and yet. Yeah. And yet we didn't. I mean, they and yeah, it had to easy. be rushed at the end. It's yeah, like, I know they could have pushed this out another twenty minutes easily yeah. to give us more resolution. Why they chose to release such a short film, I have mm-hmm. no idea. When we've already seen that superhero films audiences are quite happy to sit through almost yeah. three hours of these things, um, if it's good, yeah, you know. Anyway, we should probably yeah. we should probably wrap this up, and I'm going to wrap it up and say that. I would say wait for Blu-ray, people. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recommend you go see it at the cinema. It's not. It's not a satisfying watch. It is something you should see. If you're at all interested in genre cinema, you're at all interested in superhero cinema, you're at all interested in, you know, special effects and what have you, do watch it. Yeah. But I just, I can't justify the, the only saving grace that I had to this entire thing is that I had rewards on my rewards card (laughs) and I didn't have to to pay for it. That's the only thing that made this. Yeah, I got a discount as well. Yeah, there you go. And if I had had to pay full price for this, I would have been a little... And the other thing I want to point out was, <laughs> did you find it at all odd that it wasn't in 3D? Yeah, I actually read about this. that they Because um, they, they originally to, talked yeah. about it being in 3D. Yeah. They obviously opted that the price of the conversion was, was too, just too much. After yeah. everything else was done, they probably thought, no, nah, uh, just get it out. Worth maybe, it. maybe with all the reshoots... Maybe. Maybe, just, yeah. they, maybe they ran out of time as yeah. well. They could have not no time for conversion. But it doesn't miss any of that. Mm. I don't think... Anyway. Um, all right. Dave, what do um, you think? I, I just got two things. I would say, I'd say watch it. Yeah, I would. Uh, it's not as bad as the people are making it out to be. If you really don't want to watch it, wait for a director's cut Blu-ray if it ever comes. That will never happen, but my friend. Do get the soundtrack. <laughs> no, like that's the kind of thing. If people, if pe- this is ties into my second thing. My second point is like, just don't make an enemy of Josh Trank with this. Like, I, I'm really uncomfortable with people like putting Josh Trank in the target lines. Yeah, remember, and, we don't know assassinating him. Where it's like he did a pretty good job for this, and like, Chronicle you know, was like, excellent. And, and yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say like instead of spending the full price ticket, go and buy Chronicle, mm. watch Chronicle, and see what he's capable of and what he can do, yeah. and, and don't dismiss him. Entirely. I think he should get more work. You know, just to, yeah, you know, I like I think he should get another chance. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think he should do yeah. he should do more films like Chronicle, low budget, yeah, high yeah. concept films. Let I, let yeah. him fly. You know? I really do think that if he was allowed to have gotten done what he planned to do. Like I know it might be optimistic, but I do think it would have been a better movie. Interesting. It would have at least felt like a movie. It's the it's the it's going to be the uh, the the unknown forever though. We're yeah. always going to wonder what I just what the film could I, have been. I have a feeling that we're going to get one of these um, leaked original screenplay. 
Well, we've already right. seen something like that. We've already seen four pages of Max Landis's original yeah. screenplay leak. Yeah, right. But he wasn't involved in this. Version. No, but what's interesting is he wrote Chronicles. So him and him and um, him and uh, Trank are good friends. Obviously, yeah. he was working on the screenplay originally. I would like to have seen the Josh Trank Max Landis oh, yeah. Fantastic yeah. Four, wouldn't you? Yeah. Now that would have been an interesting team, you know, because uh, we already know that Chronicle had a really good script, really good screenplay, and it would have been really interesting to see what these two boys could have come up with, the mm. Chronicle team on Fantastic Four, yeah. you know, but we're never going to see it now. No. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's a real shame. For those who are wondering about the name, by the way, Max Landis, he is actually John Landis' son. Mm -hmm. So that's John Landis, the director of the Blues Brothers and so forth. This is his son. So a uh, little bit of trivia for you. But we have to wrap it up because this approaching two hours again. This was going to be a fast I've, show. I've got, yeah, if you have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to work. So we've if got to If you want to see the Man of Steel version of Fantastic Four, see this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to ask you. Are you going to recommend this to people? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe when it comes out on Netflix, but uh, uh, not for a while, no. Fair no, not the cinemas. Boy, judgment has been passed. <laughs> watch Mission Impossible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, actually, uh, I want to watch that film. You know what? If you're gonna, if you're oh, gonna, you've go, not seen it. I haven't seen it yet. If oh, you're gonna go to the cinema, my friends you... wanted to see Fantastic Four, so it's like I swear that. Did you say Mission Impossible? Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. hangover from last week. <laughs> so next week's show, uh, we'll be looking at Man from Uncle. Oh, good lord. Okay, so uh yeah. Look, oh, do I have to? Yes, you have to. <laughs> good with the bad, dude. Good with the bad. Well, bad with the bad is the case. Bad bad with the bad. We don't know. It could be good. All right. Let's, I mean, I just have it no could be the next Mission movie, Impossible. Like, you're not a huge Guy Ritchie fan. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know the source material at all. Yeah, I barely so, seen the trailer. So the yeah, first I, can time I, I watched that trailer review. I think of Fantastic Four because mm. I was like, should I avoid this one? Yeah, you, and you were like, nah. nah. <laughs> uh, I actually remember the original show that it's based on. Um, I actually used to like the show that it was based mm. on. Uh, I am a fan of Guy Ritchie. You know what we could review instead, Dave? The Dragon Ball Z. No. Oh, come on. No. Judgment has been passed. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's review. I don't oh, like, I don't oh, that like new Dragon Ball Z, Ball Z film. Z. Let's do uh, how, new Dragon Ball the Z on Blu-ray. No, let's oh, yeah. do Man from Uncle. Uh, we review feature films. Wow, you'd rather watch <laughs> Howard the Duck and Dragon Ball Z than do you Man know what, from Dave? Uncle. Yeah, Dave, yeah. I love Dave, Dragon Ball Z. I will pay for your movie ticket. In that case. Okay. I've never actually seen Dragon Ball Z. The man from Broke. <laughs> man from Broke. I will pay. You heard it here on the show. I am going to pay for Dave's movie ticket because I have two Hoyts Rewards points. Nice. <laughs> Give so, me one. So it's not going to cost me anything. All right. All right so uh, I will take you to see Man from Broke. Are we going tomorrow night? We're going to go tomorrow night or Friday. We haven't made okay, plans yeah. yet. Okay, we'll work that out. We'll work that out off air. We're going to get off the air right now. I want to see these Spider-Man pictures. We'll show you Spider-Man pictures. If you agree or disagree I with mean. anything that we've said here today, thank you for joining us, Nicholas. You're welcome. If you agree. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, we gave Thank you, you for letting we, me join we us. Gave, we were talking about you being interested in film, and we gave your YouTube channel a plug. Can you give us the exact address? Um... You just go on YouTube and just say NLM Productions. NLM Productions. Like on the, like the YouTube search and everything? Yep. Yeah. NLM. The, the, um, November Lima Mango. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the actual like link is kind of weird at the moment because right, like, I we'll changed it, but it's yeah. All right, so just look up NLM Productions and it's mo predominantly Lego animations at this yes. point. All right, so with that being said, if you agree or disagree with anything we've had to say today, feedback at geekactually.com or you can visit us on... Hey, by the way, we're about to hit 500 likes on our Facebook page. Oh, so awesome. Hey, we got oh, little, nice. I got, I got yeah. a little message from Facebook going, you're about to hit 500. <laughs> it's like, so get down there. Like the page. Um, like my, my page. 
page as well. There you go. Facebook.com forward slash geek actually or Facebook.com forward slash MLM Productions apparently. I'm going to plug myself as much as possible. Uh, yeah, shut up now. I'm going to drown Go out. on my Twitter. I'm going to turn off your microphone. <laughs> uh, Damn you. Uh, you can leave us feedback if you go to geekactually.com which is oh, Dave, all this. Dave, can you end with the voice of God? With the voice of God. The voice of God. The, what, this button? Well, I, yeah. thought oh. I thought you were talking about Morgan Freeman. I thought you were talking about Morgan Freeman. It's only in the You mean this one, which people are actually hearing completely normal. Oh, are point. they? Yeah. Oh, damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an in-studio in oh. button. It doesn't well, work. Well, that's kind of weird now. I that's know. pretty terrible radio. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> it's a geek, actually. It's yeah. pretty terrible radio. <laughs> 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 a permanent <Yeah>. fixture. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, where was I? Oh, yes. Go to geekactually.com. There's a contact us button. All things like our voicemail line, all that you can find everything there. Uh, Dave can be found where? Anywhere? Twitter? Uh, yeah, Twitter at Dave Longo at the moment. And Nicholas, we've already talked about uh, you. Anyone Productions. <laughs> and you can find me at David McVeigh Twitter. on Twitter. Where's that again, Nicholas? At NLM Productions on Twitter. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Wait, it's just NLM Productions all the time. Yeah, it is. It? Okay, cool. I, I have a awesome. brand name, man. They yeah. are awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Facebook, so. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so next week, Man from Uncle and whatever other weird news plus D Space Nine Season Two mm-hmm. plus Star Trek Insurrection yeah. plus the return of Jamie Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's out of his sick bed by then, <laughs> uh, for the man. Because <laughs> Jamie, I took his place. Yeah. Jamie yeah. called in sick today, so <laughs> so we we'll put up with that all that being said let's get the hell out of here uh last week we were on mission impossible this week we're going to go out the way we're supposed to go out everybody geek on we'll see you all next week Venus is evil.